Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash swoopsworld. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's audibletrial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com forward slash swoopsworld. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Welcome to another edition of Swoops World, right here on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops World, where you get all you need to know about arts, culture, news, and happiness. Our number, if you want to give us a call tonight, is 562-912-3444. You can always email us at swoopsworld at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Once again, if you want to give us a call, that number is 562-912-3444. Now just sit back and enjoy Another edition of Swoop Swirl on the new Talk Story Radio Network. Swoops Road Late Night. It is Wednesday, August 26, 2015. How's it going, Peter? It's going good. T-Bone's in the house already? What is happening? And C-Live! A blast from the past. How's it going, man? Good. What's going on, man? It's all good. We got a full, full, full busy night tonight, man. We got uh, Bob Case calling in at 8.10, and uh, we're going to have a little chat with him about a few things. And then we got AD. Of course, we got Brewski's Beer Taste and Special Announcement at 9.15. You want to be around for that, and uh, just a lot of fun. Uh, some special guests dropping by, and a uh, full night. Yep. How's your week, man? It's going all right. It's hot. Yeah? It's hot, and I've got less than a week until those kids are back in school. Woohoo! <laughs> Not that I'm counting down or anything, but uh, it's a good thing. I took my kid to uh, his registration yesterday. He's got all his classes, no screw-ups. It's all good. So uh, I, I survived the big end of the summer, Chris, uh, Christmas, the end of the summer birthday party. And uh, I didn't kill anybody. Yeah, see, see. Which I was tempted, and uh, so it all worked out. <laughs> well, that's good. I got my my uh, my youngest. Uh, today was his second day in college. So. Oh, I thought they started last week. Oh, uh, this week, huh? This week. So. Cool. Yeah. And did did you finally decide to live on or off campus? It was off campus. It was the same place he was living before he went yeah, there. Okay. <laughs> He'll be in that Delta Chi house pretty soon, I guess. Best <laughs> 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 How's it going, folks? What's up, T-Bone? Oh, man, you know, just uh, sweating it out here in the LBC. Yeah, you know? yeah. Felt like the kind of night where I wore a dress nice. I saw you. So, you, you, tell, you dressed all over. We had to put the camera on, man. <laughs> tuxedo on for all you folks at home who are not fortunate enough to be able to witness. So uh, I'm feeling good, man. Good, good. See, Liv, what have you been up to, brother? Yeah, just hustling real estate, you know, yeah. the thing. Raising a child. Yeah. You got to be a dad. Yeah. They both all grown up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, what's happening? <laughs> I was... Uh, Smoking, lay on the couch days yesterday. <laughs> Just an hour ago. <laughs> we warned him about that, didn't we? <laughs> hey, 
just want to be relegated to the garage, though, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 <We're going through. laughs> Okay, so that's cool, man. Uh, hey, real quick, I just want to—I uh, just want to send out our condolences out to uh, the families of Allison Parker and Adam Ward. Uh, those two newscasters were gunned down today, and just a horrible, horrible thing. But uh, just a—it's just crazy, you know. Yeah. Like an, it's an ambush, man. It's just yeah. bullshit. Anyway. Videotapes and stuff doing. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. yeah. Then posting online and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's all I'm gonna say about him. Uh, and, uh, we'll bring the party right back up. Um, <laughs> it, it was on all day, and it's kind of like it's just draining. But you know, the news—I I, I do give, the, give to the, the news people credit, man. They—they they, they cover their own really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's all good. We're gonna take a quick break and come back and uh, talk to Bob Case. You're listening to Swoop Show on the Talk Star Radio Network, and I'm not sure right here. Let's listen to some Channel Three. How's that? Awesome. Uh, this here is Manzanar. Back after this. This uh, is next song, one of the very first songs we wrote together. Me and Kim. He wrote the music. I based the lyrics on uh, my family's experiences in World War II. Relocation camp called Manzanar. This is Joe Walsh. I'm speaking on behalf of Rad. It's okay to rock and roll, right? But don't drive home drunk. If you're drunk, call me up. I have a limo. 
come and get you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. Every day I wake up at 5 to give dad his medicine. At 6, I make his breakfast. At 7, I shower. Every day I wake up For those caring for a loved one, we hear you. That's why AARP created a community to help us better care for ourselves and the ones we love. Visit aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. You're listening to the Talk Story Radio Network. Hey, this is Sharp on the Wall. You're listening to And welcome back to Susser on the Talkstar Radio Network. And uh, we're just a few minutes away from uh, chatting with um, Bob Case, and we'll have a lot to talk to him about. And T-Bone, you're, you're, you're a sports guy, and, uh, and you know we'll probably start off with, well, we won't start off with it, but we will get to the uh, whole Sarkeesian thing with Bob. <laughs> uh, that's some crazy shit, man. Oh, man. From a guy that you would not expect it from either. He seems like a little bit of a weenie, honestly. <laughs> I mean, he really gives you that. Didn't he go to BYU? I think no, he, he went to SC, didn't he? I think he played football at BYU. Uh, I grew up in Torrance. But, you know, he just, he always kind of seemed just like a square. Yeah, for, him to for sure. Out there, to, for him to be out there, uh, you know, slurring. And I almost believe his story that he had just a few drinks and a pill. I know. It, it, like, it, really, dude? Like, Coming from someone else, you'd be like, yeah, right. But yeah, from him, you're like, that probably went, is what happened. He, he should have at least learned how to handle booze uh, and pills at the same time. I, I don't buy it. I think he's uh, – <clears throat> I think he's – I don't I don't even buy the whole pills thing. I just think he's just... – A fucking drunk? Views <laughs> 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 an opinion. Are we playing by terrestrial I mean, I've heard stories about this guy, uh, even when he's at Washington. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not from so-called uh, insiders, uh, but uh, we'll see. I'm going to see. We'll see what Bob knows. See what he's got to say, man. But uh, I'm a true SC fan. I don't give a shit as long as they win. <laughs> it's all about winning. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be a Raider fan too, bro. <laughs> uh, you got the right attitude, man. Yeah, just win, baby. I just, <laughs> I just can't do it. If you know, if you click your heels together three times, you can do it. <laughs> you can do anything. <laughs> oh, let's see where he is. Let's see where he went to school. Then I, I thought he went to. Uh, he may have gone to BYU. Now that you mention it, he may have. Da, 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 da. Steve Sarkisian. The Sark. BYU. Yeah. That's why he doesn't. He didn't learn how to booze when he was in college. I know. I, I, I do. I didn't, think. Didn't, it, didn't uh, what's his name go to BYU? Uh, the Chicago quarterback. What's his name? Um, uh, oh, Jim McMahon. McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> and Scarkeesy played college, quarterback at BYU. So did McMahon. So McMahon set the set the standard there, didn't he? Oh, he played with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Oh, know. the Rough Riders. <laughs> well, look at there. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. Huh, so there I go. Come on, Bob. Yeah. I know he's out and about, so he said he'd call. Oh. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, the the Sark thing is very interesting because you know, like another thing that I have a feeling we're going to talk about this evening. I think he felt like he was in safe company, and you know, he could kind of. That's a big rally, man. It's like yeah. it's not like he's in a, it's not like he's in a room with five people and, they, and somebody sold him out. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, you got you got people who essentially are paying your salary. Uh-huh. You should probably <laughs> at least pay lip service to you know taking it seriously. Yeah. But hey, yeah. I personally love to. I think they should have left. And we'd like to welcome uh, the <laughs> International Boxing Association Vice President Bob Case of the show. How are you doing, Bob? I'm doing great, Keith. Uh, can you hear me okay? I'm down in Malibu, and I don't know how good the reception is here. We got okay. you so far so good, man. So far so good. Okay, always, good. Always great to have you on the show, man. It's, it's always great to be a part of your show, Keith. You know, first thing I want to ask you about is, uh, you know, you know, the whole boxing thing. I, I see a fight coming up with Sugar Shane Mosley, who's 43 years old, versus Ricardo Mayorga, who's 41 years old. Uh, give me some insight on that, man. Well, Keith, I personally believe that whoever okays that fight should be put in jail because um, these guys, Sugar Shane Mosley, I've been watching him fight and spar for years with Chippenito Hernandez and down at the LA Boxing Club, down at Cody Rhodes' gym. He's had it. You can't, you can talk fine when you quit, but you're going to be, you know, peeing in a bottle and mumbling to yourself and drooling all over yourself in 10 years. You've got to stop. In other words, he's t- can you hear me? Yeah, gotcha. He's, he's taken a lot of punishment, and you know James Tony was allowed to fight about a week or two ago, and then he lost some ten round decision. You know, and James Tony has fought you know heavyweight champions and Evander Holyfield and had like here a hundred fights. They got to stop. Yeah, you got to stop. You, you, you know, you know how many guys I could tell you that I've known that are drooling on themselves or Parkinson's or don't know what day it is and. You know, it's just sad. I mean, Floyd Patterson died of uh, Alzheimer's or dementia. So did, uh, you know, Bobo Olson. So did uh, uh, Ingemar Johansson, who was a dear friend of mine. You know, all these guys, I could go on and on and on and tell you over and Bobby Chacon's got full of care, 24-hour care now. You know, I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And, you know, the, and a lot of guys are still walking around, but they're, they're swearing their words. You know, I can talk to a guy and tell you how many pro fights he's had. You know, it's just sad. And you can't be fighting when you're 43 years old. What is it? Playing baseball at 43 is one thing, but but boxing, getting your head beat in, no. Yeah. What What do you think is 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 there should be should there be a a mandatory age retirement or so many fights? uh, No, they they say yeah, there is. I mean, you look at a guy like George Foreman who never got hurt. I mean, he came back and made billions of dollars. He's a multi-millionaire with that Foreman hamburger machine he made. He made, who said boxers are stupid? This guy made millions in his sight after being retired for 10 years. Yeah. I mean, he was the oldest guy. That, he beat Michael Moore and won the heavyweight title. I mean, the guy's a multi-millionaire. So it's like, and, and he's still okay. He still knows, other than he named, I think, eight kids George Foreman, he's okay. <laughs> so. But, but I mean, no, no, he's, he's as sharp as a tack. So, you know, he's a, he, in fact, he married my friend Bruce Trampler, who's the matchmaker at uh, Top Rank, Hall of Fame matchmaker. Uh, George decided, decided his wedding to marry him. So, you know, George, uh, so you can't, you can't put, you just gotta look at the guy and see how he's doing and see how he's talking. And come on, these guys, these are doctors. You they can't tell a guy who's had too many fights. I can tell you, and I'm not a doctor. Right. Let's, uh, 
let's take a step over to you. You know, you're a longtime uh, SC fan and, and supporter, and uh, you know you, you're involved down there. You, you, you attend a lot of the events. Um, you, you know, this week uh, I don't know if you were at the uh, the salute to Troy, but uh, uh, there were some things that happened over there with, with the with the head coach. And I want I know you've heard about it. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, you know, I, it's the first salute to Troy I've missed in years I, because my, the guy I work with, Dean Chance, the president of the IBM, the vice president, was inducted in the Los Angeles Angels Hall of Fame in Anaheim on Saturday night. So I was down there with Dean and all the old players Friday, Saturday, and Sunday down in Anaheim, and it was just a great time, you know. But but I, I heard from, I must have had, my, my, my phone line was lit up like a firecracker, you know, and it, it doesn't surprise me not at all. And I think I told you on some of these shows before we talked, I told you all along the fish thinks at the head first. And, you know, and, and so how do you expect these athletes to act, you know, and or the coaches to act when they see the athletic director charge down the field, fight with officials, jump in the guy's hand. They see the athletic director kick, you know, getting a, a verbal fight in front of all the other donors that I see at a basketball game with Brian Kennedy. And, you know, which was unbelievable. You know, Brian's given millions to that school, and you, you get an argument with him, come on. Uh, because he doesn't agree with you about Kiffin. Uh, and Kiffin, you know, should have been fired after he was drunk and whatever it was, uh, the word is. This is words I hear, but he was wearing shades and had makeup put on, on him and that bowl game they had, you know, that he lost. And he should have probably been canned then. But, you know, so, that, so they bring in Ed Ogeron as a coach who hasn't had a drink in 12 years. And, uh, you know, as a a recovering alcoholic and a great guy, and uh, they bring him in. The players love him and everything. What do they do? They fire him and bring a guy down who was Kiffin's drinking buddy from Washington who's had a whole history of drinking, you know, and you replace him with him. Ed Ogeron didn't want alcohol in the locker rooms. You know, Kiffin and, and Sartesian had it in the locker rooms, you know. So, I mean, there's, you know, they had personal drivers to drive them around, you know, so they wouldn't get... Uh, you know, because they didn't want to get 502. So, you know, I could do, I, I, there's a lot of things I couldn't even tell you over the air, but I mean, it's just, it, it is what it is. You know, that, that old saying, it is what it is. Do you think that, would you want your son, let me ask you a question, Keith. You're a very intelligent young man. Would you want your son getting a four year scholarship to SC under this coach? No, I'd have him go down and uh, play for Mora. And, I, you know, I don't, I'm not, I, 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 that's hard for me to say because I'm not a Bruin fan, but, uh, you know, the thing is, is, it, it, we, we, you know, we've talked about it before. Uh, you want your kid to play for, uh, you know, you want your kid to go to school or, or, and get an education, and, and you want his instructors to be people that they can look up to and can and teach them certain things and stuff like that. And, and when you talk about sports, I think it takes it a step for, or a step, step further. You know, these guys really they kind of you know emulate the coaches that they're around and stuff like this. And this guy, and, and this is, in my opinion, this athletic director has been an embarrassment. This coach is starting it's to embarrass I mean, how about not going to footsteps. How about this year, Keith, not going to Indianapolis because your son's dead? What does that have to do with representing the University of Southern California, which you're paying millions of dollars for? What were your son's sexual preferences? I mean, that's a ridiculous. I mean, I could go on. How about having Glendale White, your all-time touchdown scorer, escorted off the field in the national audience while all the young black kids look up to him? You know? I could go on and on and on and on. But, it's a, you know, it is what it is. And then, then you got to look at his, the guy that hired him and has a love affair with him. You know, in other words, I mean, I, I've been a, an SC fan since I was 10 years old. I'm 69, do the math. And, you know, the bottom line is I've never seen the program run like this in all these years. And, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's you know, there's a lot of people that love SC that still follow us. I'll always follow us. I'll always root for SC. But, you know, I just don't like the things I, I've seen going on around there, you know. And they should, this team should win 10 or 11 games this year. 
we'll see if they do. They have a very easy, easy schedule. You know, they play Arkansas State and Idaho State or something, you know, and then they play a real football game on the, the third game of the season, you know. But, I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's really a sad thing for me to see because I know how some of the players feel down there. They've even talked about it. And when you get a guy like that coming down here, he brings coaches that, you know, I mean, Clancy Pendergrass, I had a guy, two defensive players told me he taught them everything they know about defense, and he was fired yeah. or let go. You know, and, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, you, and the defensive line coach, I've had guys tell me Ed Ogeron, Leonard Williams told me Ed Ogeron was the best coach he ever had. And uh, he didn't, I, I won't even want to tell you what he said about the current coach. But I mean, it, you know, when I talk, if you want to find out who people are, talk to the players. They'll tell you. They'll, they'll, if you know them, if you really know them, you know. So, you know, I, I look and I see what's going on around there and I go, man, it's, you know, and then a coach would make a fool out and throw F bombs with women and children. Are you kidding? And alumnuses? That's the time when you, you want to be, you know, the, they honored the 65 team there, and my friend Chuck Arobio was the team. We lost you. And, and he is one of my favorite dear friends. And I told Chuck, he said Mike was never going to step foot on that campus. And Chuck taught Mike into coming, and they gave Mike a standing ovation. Now, what does that tell you? You know, they gave him a standing ovation. People loved having him back on the campus. And I'm so grateful that he came, you know, because. You know, this guy, you know, he, his problem was he spoke, he told the NCAA exactly what they were. You know, he said they all wanted to be Trojans. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and they, they, and they bitch slapped him for that. Where, where FC is penalized. Look, look at what they did to Penn State when the guys playing with little kids for 10 years, the assistant coach, and they hid that and they gave them, they took away all the penalties. Look what they did at Miami with a guy, whatever his name is, just taking guys out in the yachts, getting them laid, taking them to whorehouses, getting abortions for them, paying them money, you know, uh, yeah, and, and they let that go. And the guy that was the athletic director in Miami was the head of the NCAA, you know, and he passed away. But he's the one that threw the thing, threw the death penalty that seat. Now, why would you, if you're an athletic director, sit through and watch all that and, and then uh, and never say anything to him? You know, it, it is what it is. You know, so I want somebody that's going to stand up for the university, that's going to be proud to, you know, you know it's going to have, you know, A-class people working there, not guys that are going to say, say, fuck bombs and do all this stuff. Uh, you know, excuse my language, I forgot about that. I'm, I'm on the air. But I mean, that guy's going to be doing all, no, seriously. You know, and then, you know, and I've heard, I've heard some of the jokes he made about people that have physical handicaps and stuff, you know. I, I hear all this stuff. So, you know, it's just, you know, I don't agree with the sense of humor, you know. I mean, I, I heard him in a thing once, and he says, J.K. McKay, stand up. He says, this is who I had to throw to at SC. Are you kidding? He had a guy named Lynn Swan to throw to at SC. He had a guy named Charles Young who was an All-American that played 14 years in the NFL to throw to at SC. He had another All-American tight end named Jim Obradovich to throw to at SC. You know, I mean, enough jokes on poor J.K., you know. Right. He's just like a, a real nice guy that was a, a really good at what he did, I thought. But, you know, um, you know, then you, you know anyway, anyway, it goes on and on and on. So it is what it is. You know, and, and I, there's nothing, you know, one thing I've learned, you know, this kid, now I hear the coaches say, oh, I was on two. You know, he doesn't know if he has an alcohol. You know what the number one thing? I've been a recovering alcoholic for 31 years, and they always say in here, denial is not a river, you know. And uh, these guys, you know, this guy needs to get some help. Forget the football coach. I mean, this guy needs to get some help to save his life. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, this stuff is, it doesn't get better. It's a progressive disease. It gets worse. What's interesting, and, to, uh, me, what's interesting to me, Bob, is, is, is this press conference he had. Uh, 
you know, if you're going to apologize, apologize. You know, don't sit up there and talk exactly. about, talk about I'm, exactly. I'm the best one to take this team to a championship. Has he ever had a championship? I'm, I'm pretty sure he hasn't. Um, you know, and and the things he was saying up there, uh, you know, he took the, he took he took it off of what he needed to talk about. He needed to talk about. And if he wanted to apologize, I mean, if you feel like you need to apologize, get up there and apologize. If not, don't waste people's time, you know, calling Absolutely, the Absolutely, I couldn't agree with you more. How about this? How about saying that Arizona, Notre Dame, and UCLA suck? Now, he said that on a national stage with all these people. Do you realize what his combined record of those three schools is? Right. It's 0 and 9. <laughs> 0 and 9. Okay. Between Washington and SC. So he said they suck. Now, you don't think they're going to have that on their billboards next year? Uh, After yeah. earlier this year, saying, making fun that, that we don't wear 14 uniforms, blah, blah, blah. That was a direct slap at Oregon. They know that. You don't yeah. think they're going to have that peppered all over their billboards? I mean, come on. Be smart. You know, but anyway, you, you know, you know, Mickey Rooney, who I worked for for 10 years, used to always tell me, you can't wise up a chump. You know what I mean? I mean, some people just never get it. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, you know, when you start talking like that and you're, and you, all you do is you, you fire up the opponents. I, I mean, I've seen, I've seen, you know, people in different sports just clean a team's clock. I mean, they, you know, the reporter puts a mic in his face and said, you know, hey, you guys really ran all over them, and they, you know, well, he was a formidable opponent. You know, they gave us a bit, you know, they gave us a tough time, and you know, we had some good breaks, blah blah. So, I mean, you know, what sportsmanship's all about. And regardless if you're, if you're at a rally, you know, it's one thing for a, you know one of the one of the kids on the team, one of the players, to to go come, go off the cuff with something like, uh, yeah, these guys suck, we're going to kick their ass or something at a rally, but uh, you don't expect that out of the out of the head coach. Are you kidding me? I mean, you know, it's like, like I say, these are young kids who are supposed to look up to this guy and, and learn not only about playing football, but learn about how to act in life. I mean, what kind of a life coach was that I saw last Saturday or heard about last Saturday? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, they had to carry him off the stage. <laughs> and can you imagine getting your, getting your ass chewed out for misbehaving by Pat Hayden? <laughs> exactly. Uh, you're yelling at me. Uh, let's, let's look back a few months here, asshole. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely correct. Uh, I mean, you know, it's, you know what it reminds me of? You know, Keystone Cops. You know what I mean? That's what the whole, the whole place running into, the hierarchy over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody's covering for everybody else. Everybody's, uh, I guess this Mark Jackson guy who they were trying to get to replace Hayden. I know Hayden wanted him to replace him. has gone to some other university, they tell me. So I suppose that's probably good news. I, they need to get somebody in there that's strong and knows what they're doing and you know, has a tradition of SC in their best interest. You know, and there's quality to be an athletic Um, You know, I, I don't know much about uh, the, 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 the locker rooms of, of college, college locker rooms because I didn't play on the college level, but... Um, I was surprised to hear that they, they put into place an alcohol ban. I'm surprised that there was alcohol allowed in the locker room. Uh, you know, Are you kidding me? The You broke up. You broke up, Bob. You there? No. When you just sitting there with all the coaches after the game. Yeah. Hmm. Who knew? <laughs> Bob, you mentioned uh, you mentioned you couldn't uh, make it to the salute for Troy because you were at the uh, Angel uh, Hall of Fame induction with your uh, with your partner there, Dean Chance. Uh, I got a chance to see a little clip of that uh, t- uh, this week. Uh, how was it? It was just wonderful. You know, it's just so great to be around real people, the old ball players, you know, all the old guys. Eli Gerber was there, Rod Carew was there. 
You know, Eli Herbal won the first Angel game. He was up in the suite with us. Bill Stoneman, the general manager of the Angels, came up. In the, I mean, we had all these old players, and Eddie Kirkpatrick, who, who passed away, his widow was there. I mean, it was just great to see all the old guys. And, and Dean is such a wonderful human being. We, you know, so many great stories about him and, you know, you know, all the old days with all, you know, him and Bobo. Dean is deserving. You know, they said when they were inducting him in the Hall of Fame that he is, it's on that, well, how did you see that on Fox? It's on Fox, right? On Fox. Uh, so. I don't know. It was on the internet somewhere. I saw. I, I saw yeah, you can go Dean. You thing. can go Dean Chance, 2015 Angel Hall of Fame. You can see the clip of him being inducted. But, but he talked about Bobby Kanata making the the play that saved the 20th game for him. And Bobby was in the Hall of Fame. You said right next to him. It was it was a great. You know, you know Dean. It's the clip on Dean's ERA in 1964. Second best in the last seventy years of baseball. Now imagine that. I mean, he pitched eleven shutouts, eleven shutouts, and had three other games where he had a shutout, but it was nothing, nothing, and he didn't get a win or a loss. But he had one game where he shut out the Yankees, which I was there in, in Dodger Stadium, and for fourteen innings, and and left the game zero zero, and the Angels lost the game. You know, but the bottom line is this guy was like, I mean, Mickey Mantle. He was, he was, um, I think the. The Yankees scored 150 innings against the mighty New York Yankees. And Mantle is on tape saying Dean Chance is the hardest pitcher he ever faced. So to see him get recognized at the age of 74, and he's, you know, all his friends were there. And it was just, I got to hang out with him Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We just had a great, great time. And it was just, uh, you know, like old guys, I'm telling you, you know, it's just great. Last question for you, Bob. Before we before we let you go, uh, last time we chatted with you, the, the, they were finished finalizing the book. Uh, I believe the uh, Marty Appel's writing about uh, Casey. Um, yes. Tell us uh, what, what, where where are they at in the process there? Uh, Marty's finished with a book, and now they're just editing it. You know, it's going to be out like in uh, November, December, or January at the latest. You know, I mean, it's, it's going to be a foreigner. It'll be the best book ever written on Casey Stengel because I told, I, you know, I told, I was with Casey Stengel every day for 10 years. And I said, Marty, I'm looking forward to reading the book because I'm going to learn things about Casey that I didn't know. And that's the way he's done research. I mean, this guy is, this guy is a, you know, a Hall of Fame writer. I mean, he's like, the New York Yankees since the 60s and he's done all this stuff and he's, you know, he's just a great guy. He's on the Hall of Fame, the Cooperstown on their committee. He's, He's written 18 books on Thurman Munson. He wrote a book on Larry King, the announcer. He wrote books on, uh, you know, Thurman Munson, the, the Pinstripe Empire, and the New York. This guy's a, and so it's really nice. I mean, Casey's had 25 books written on him over the years by Robert Kramer and Gene Shore and Joe Durfo and Maury Allen. But this uh, is great to see a book written by a guy that's like an unbelievable writer. You know what I mean? So it's like. Excellent. Well, hey, Bob, we want to thank you for uh, for taking some time out of your busy schedule to chat with us and, and give us a little insights on what's happening over there, and, and we'll talk to you again soon, brother. Well, you, you got to remember, Keith, everything I hear is hearsay, but, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket science <laughs> to figure out what's going on. Exactly. <laughs> and I think you we, you and I have talked privately. You know you know exactly what's going on. You know you know, you know know exactly what's going on. So. You got it, brother. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. God bless. You too. You listen to the Swoop Show on the Talk Star Radio Network. And uh, you know what? I, I found these old clips, so I'm going to play one of these. Uh, da, 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 da. This was uh, Grace Slick back in the day. And you'll be back after this. Well, I wanted to be a ballet dancer when I was little. So I took a ballet lesson. 
I was about six years old, and uh, we did a, a, a performance of, um, let's see, the fairy princess, what was it, Nutcracker, I guess. And at the end of the performance, uh, my mother went backstage to talk to the ballet teacher, and she said, maybe there's some of the other arts that Grace must be interested in. <laughs> and I thought, wow, she did that well. And she didn't say, wow, she's a shit dog for, you know, for, for a dancer. I'm a complete clutch. And that's why I broke my arm. I was just walking into an art store. No stairs, nothing. And I just fell down and dashed my arm into a metal rock. I do that around the house. I trip all the time in my own house, and I put my hand against the wall to keep from falling. There was no wall. That's why I broke my arm. But I, I want to be a ballet dancer. I want to be Marnie Tallchief and Anna Pavlova and all these people. And unfortunately, that wasn't for me. But it turns out that it's probably a good thing because I don't like physical pain, and those ballerinas hurt all the time. So. Uh, Rock and roll doesn't hurt. It only hurts when you have a really bad hangover and you're puking through your nose. <laughs> <laughs> the song's called I Choose. I can see the stars tonight. Close to the night. Not lining up right, just like my life should. Something's wrong when something's always wrong. The sky can be clear, the sky can be blue, and I can sing a cheer, or I can sing the
And welcome back to Swoosero. And that was uh, Brent Michelle uh, with I Choose. We're going to give our good friend Anthony Davis a call now. Let's uh, see what he's got to say about some things here. Hey, we'd like to welcome back to the show our good friend and colleague, five-time national champion at USC, and he played in the NFL and the CFL and uh, the World Football League, as well as, as, well as being a two-time All-American and a College Football Hall of Famer. How you doing, AD? Doing great. Well, let's 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 jump right into it. There's so many things to talk about this week. Uh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Likewise. Let's let's start with your alma mater, man. Uh, you know, they're, man, they're... that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I, you know, I understand this. Uh, this salute to Troy's always a big deal, and, and it brings out uh, donors and uh, alumni, as well as uh, parents, students, and whatnot, and. And usually there's some kind of sense of decorum. Apparently that was uh, left in the wind last week. Well, I mean, I mean, I was hearing all kind of crazy things. I mean, what went on before he got on the stage. I mean, you got to remember, people don't understand is that when people like me who went to the school who achieved, you know, the national champion stuff, we're the first ones to get the calls. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like it's like I'm supposed to respond to whatever goes on. I said, look, I played there, was a student athlete there, but I don't know what's really going on. I'm not at the, at, at the function. Everybody assumes that I'm at every function that goes on, and I know what's going on. I'm finding out just like everyone else. But the fact that what happened to him on stage, what he did, I mean, I was shocked when I saw the clips on TV and what he did and <laughs> trying to apologize. I think I think the situation is a tough situation because uh, Hayden's got to make a decision. I know everybody's calling for people to suspend him now. And how do you deal with disciplinary stuff when you got the coach doing it, who's a leader of the team, and you got ball player? What do you do when the ball player does it? You gonna suspend him? So, to me, that's what I'm finding out. What I'm hearing, if he does have an issue with alcohol, he needs to go take care of it. But, but as you know, when you when you have an issue with alcohol, and me being a son of an alcoholic, it just doesn't start overnight. It's always it's been a pattern. So. Uh, and first of all, if he was mixing alcohol with medication, that's a no-no anyway. Every any doctor, any common sense tell you don't mix alcohol with medication. I don't care what it is; you just don't do it. If you take your meds and don't take the alcohol, or you take drink the alcohol and don't take the meds, but you can't take them both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. That's that's <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting. It is, is, you know, I think most people don't, you know, just assume, you know, somebody screws up one time, they're an alcoholic. But I think when you when you're on that stage, uh, that's uh, that's something you feel pretty comfortable with. You you feel pretty comfortable about yourself to be uh, to uh, you know have a few too many drinks and then get called up to the stage when you know you're going to speak, you know you're going to talk in front of this thing, you know this thing's going on. But that's when people start to think, well, maybe maybe you do have a problem because somebody who really doesn't have a problem is going. Hey, I got to be pretty cool because I got to go up here and talk in front of all these people here in a minute. Well, as, as, as you know, some people have the ability to drink three or four martinis and up there and talk straight. You don't even know he was. He, 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 he might know he thought probably saw him sipping, but some people can go talk and give Ellen to talk for speeches <clears> and have two or three glasses of wine and don't then don't miss a beat. For some people who might overdo the limit might have has a real problem in communicating, and you, and you definitely obviously know that he has he's been drinking. And it was obvious with him. 
Well, I Real you, I don't think the problem was that he drank too much or that he combined it with pills. The problem is that he forgot that one extra chemical right before you go up and talk. I mean, he did. If he does a couple of bumps, he would have been fine. <laughs> Hit the reset button. Uh. Get your head straight. <laughs> he would have been fine. Uh, That's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'm curious. Uh, I saw a thing in the, in, in, the, in the news today that they said that uh, you know they've instituted a, an alcohol ban in the locker room. Uh, was alcohol allowed in the locker room when you were, when you were playing? Is that, or is that or am I just naive to the fact? First of all, it wasn't there when I was there. If it was, we definitely never saw it. I mean, we never knew. I'm sure something was going on, but I mean, it wasn't like to that magnitude. To the fact that you have to now make a statement that no alcohol allowed. I mean, and a lot of people think that's appalling that alcohol be mixed into in, in a clubhouse or a locker room uh, during practice or after practice or after a game. I mean, that's the first I've ever heard of it. I've never even heard of anything like that. Alcohol in a locker room after a game, anything after the game, after practice. I mean, I mean, if you're going to do have a, a drink or something, do it in your office. If you're going to be in, the, in, in a locker, it's going to be obviously going to be in the office. But if that, go to the local restaurant close to the campus and have a drink or so. But right there on right there at practice, no, I don't. You know, that's unbelievable to me. When uh, <laughs> if that's the case, that's really unbelievable to me. But the fact that they had. Uh... To, to, make, to make the statement, <laughs> obviously there's a problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A problem that was at least pretty well known internally. Yeah, yeah. But see, the thing is, the thing, see, the thing is, what's, what's going on, which is really tough, is the fact that it's, it's all out, all the outlets, all the media's got a hold of it. Now you're going to start speculating what really went on, what had been going on before it happened, and then it, and it, and it, everybody's going to say, if you got alcohol in the locker room, in the locker room, you got so, there's a problem there. If somebody has a problem, <laughs> you know, I mean, put it in a because that means that means that means then you have you have a budget to bring the alcohol in. Because <laughs> if they're sipping, if they're sipping on that alcohol the way they are, you know they're going to run through it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just common sense. I mean, if you got alcohol, that I mean, that means you, that, that some, there's, there's somewhat of a budget of you bringing alcohol in there. Drink on. <laughs> uh, hey, man, you, something. you guys are rough tonight. I'm just telling you. <laughs> we got a little reunion thing going on here, man. It's been a long right. time. <laughs> and, and in this locker room, the, al- uh, the alcohol is allowed. It is allowed in this locker room. Yeah. <laughs> it's a requisite. AD, uh, also this week, uh, the AP poll came out, and uh, SC's uh, listed number eight uh, overall. Um, you know, and you've, you've talked about the, the, the playoff system and whatnot, but first of all, and, and I think UCLA's listed at 12 or 13, 12, 13, I believe. Um, I'll look it up while we're talking, but uh, your thoughts when you heard about this? Well, first of all, you know, I mean, like, I, like I've always said to everyone there, and, you know, I'm, I'm anti this playoff system, what it's about. I don't care if SC's ranked 10, number 8, UCLA 13, the fact, the fact that the only shot that they might have, everybody has to run the table. I mean, everybody has to be undefeated. If those top five teams don't make a move, it all comes at the end of the year, 12, you know, 12 and 0 or whatever, if there's an SEC team, there's always one team. You've got SEC, you've got the ACC, and you got, I guess, you've got the Big 12 and the TCU. And you got Baylor in there, right? Is those the top four? Am I correct? Am I wrong? Yeah, here's the top. Here's the top five right here. You got Ohio you State. Top, you give me. You give me the top five, and I'll tell you which I'll go from there. Ohio State, TCU, Alabama, Baylor, Michigan State. Okay, you got two teams in the same conference right there. Okay, 
if they run the table, just say if all those teams run the table, it's either basic, uh, Baylor or BTC because they're in the same conference, it's not going to be that much movement. So it's got to be they got to be knocking each other off, or somebody's got to be knocking those two fourteen five in order for SC or anybody else to get in get in that column. Because if, if everybody runs the table, well, you got two, you got two in the, you have four teams in the same conference. You got uh, Ohio State and Michigan State are both in Big Ten, and TCU and Baylor are both in the Big Twelve. Yeah, they're the big. That's what I'm saying. Those, they're, in the, they're in the Big Twelve. So I'm just saying if those two run, let me, let me, let me take and see if it can happen. We can see you can have TCU. And Baylor playing for the national title in the same conference. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, so I mean, anything if they both end up eleven and one or whatever, or whatever the deal can be. You know, I'm just saying, in order for any teams in the top ten or the bottom top ten to make do any movement, they got to have some luck and they got to they got to run the table. That's right. the only way they get in there. That's what that's that's what's so one side of the of this playoff system. You got to constantly win. And, he, and like I've said before, you can win all these conferences undefeated and no one get in the top, the top, the top four or five. You know what I, you know what, what I, I did notice here, uh, uh, AD. Uh, you know, for our good friend T Bone, Nebraska is nowhere to be found in this top twenty-five. That's all right. They're they're going to be a dark horse. Very dark horse. <laughs> no, I mean, thing, all, all I can say about the Nebraska, they got a new coaching staff, they got yeah. a new system of implementing and everything. It's going to be a, the bottom. The bottom line is what they what they need to do is fight for respectability and get try to get in a good bowl game. That's it for them. That's all. Because I don't see them. I don't see them climbing in the top ten this year. No, this year they need to just not get blown out by Wisconsin. Um, you know, not give up 400 rushing yards, and you know, the the wins and losses are going to be the least of anyone's worries as long as there's nothing embarrassing for them. Well, there's been too many of those. <laughs> well, first of all, look, if we're talking the top ten, we're talking the top ten. That's that's anybody's game right there, the top ten. But the bottom line is, if the top five teams just keep winning, there's no way even the bottom five can get in there. If, the, if they all keep with it, just, just, just look at this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the top five teams, or except for the Baylor and TCU, if they all go undefeated? They all go undefeated except for Baylor, one of the one was one of those guys. My team's gonna lose. If four of them go twelve and zero, or thirteen and zero, and one goes twelve and one, there's not gonna be any movement anywhere. You, it's not going to be. It's not going to be any movement anywhere. What do you What do you see with this current playoff system? You think it's going to hang around for a while? Or do you think they're going to no. tweak it, tweak it again in, in, in a year or two? And, you know, first of all, but they need a full fledged. They need conference to conference, full fledged. The first place teams in every conference seed up, and you got the second place team playing these other little bowl games and stuff. And you have all of us playing the rest of the bowl where everybody makes money. But they they got to change the total system. It's not fair. It's not working. It's not going to work. You watch. When you have these teams, and this year they have two teams ranked in the same conference, in the Big 12, in the top four. One of those teams is going to get beat, but it's going to be undefeated, undefeated, and one loss team. And it could be six teams six teams, and have four teams undefeated and two with one loss. Okay, how do you, how do you get any movement with like that? You can have the bottom, you can have the 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 go undefeated or one loss, and they're not going to even move. That's what's unfair. And like I've always said, on any given day, somebody can beat you. Right. 
somebody can beat you. That's not a that's not a true playoff system. I mean, he, you got Division One football, the king of the kings of all college sports. And they don't have a playoff true playoff system. That's ridiculous. That is nuts. They need a uh, what are we talking about? A November Madness. <laughs> well, you know, so we can have a November Madness. You know, I might as well call it that because that's what it should, should need to come down. I mean, look, everybody makes more money. There's more interest. The fan the fanfare would be better. It'd be more exciting. But I don't, I don't see the powers of how these guys are not seeing that. I don't get that. I mean, you got, you got, you got big sponsors like Nike who got most of the schools in it. They want a full fledged playoff. They endorse a full fledged, full fledged playoff system. And I don't know why they're not listening. They got all that money. They're a big multi billion dollar company. And you see that swoosh on every jersey everywhere you go. And they're endorsing that a full fledged playoff system. They've been saying that for years. What? So I don't know who's controlling this, who's monopolizing all the thought the thought process of all this was to me it's insane. The um the people that are involved and, and make these decisions and, and whatnot. They're they, not they, sports people. They, well, that's, that's the biggest thing. But we also all hear about, uh, you know, they're, they're concerned about too many games and injuries and, uh, you know, late in the season and, and whatnot. Uh, you know, they play X number of games already. You know, it's, it's, it's the nature of the sport that people get hurt. It's the nature of the sport that, uh, you know, things, things are going to happen. I mean, guys, somebody, I, I was watching the, the news the other day, some, some re- guy who was a rookie last year for some pro team blew out his knee in, in practice this week. He's, he's, he's being missed for the whole season. So nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. But the decisions being made on national championships and stuff, it seems like they would want the best system in place to achieve that. Well, first of all, all you, gotta, you don't have to change the beat. All you got to do is change the structure. You're going to play the same game. Just change the structure. That's all. Yeah. Just flow right into the playoffs. It's going. You're going to play as many games. You'll play one more game more than you normally. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, come on. I mean, you're doing that in practice anyway. You're beating each other up in practice. So what's the difference? Don't even don't beat up yourself in practice. Just be ready for the playoffs. <laughs> you're doing it anyway. That's not the truth. <laughs> I mean, so I mean, you know, you know, I mean, you know, you finish, you finish up. You have your conference stuff. You do. If you, if you want to have the, divi- the two divisions, like you have to take the Pac-12, the Pac-12 North, the Pac-12 South, have your championship game right there, and be ready to play the team of the winner of the Big 12 right. or the ACC or the SEC or the Big 10, whatever it is. That's all it is. And they seed them up and you have one game and, said, and then you go into the you, – you incorporate all of that stuff in all the bowl games. You, you, you put them in the big games. You run through the playoffs with the big bowl. You got the Fiesta. You got the Rose. You got the Orange. You got the Cotton. You got, you got all these – you got the Fiesta. You run them through those big bowls. And, and then you can designate one of those sites as a championship game. Like I think this year's going to be Rose Bowl, I think, right? So I think so. I think you, you designate it to one of those places, one of those those stadiums, the traditional stadiums, and have the, the final game. You can do it. It's a, just just the structures is bad. And then and then and then and then you got these all these athletic directors voting who should be in the top the top four or five. What's that? So I mean, to me, it's still a flawed flawed system, big time. Let's uh, let's jump over. Uh, we only got a few minutes left. Let's jump over to the to the NFL. And, oh, I've been dying to and, talk and about you, this. And your 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 buddy Chris Carter, man. Uh. He, they're, they're playing a clip. Uh, they're playing a clip that's about eight months old, but uh, still, it's it's come to light that uh, Chris Carter made some statements talking to some rookies. Uh, You're gold. 
<laughs> and uh, he said, you know, you guys don't, you know, you, you. I think he brought a Teddy Bridgewater up on stage. Yeah. Uh, and he explained, you know, you're the, you're the, you're the man. You're the, you're the, you're the, inc- in, you are Teddy Bridgewater Inc. Uh, you know, you have all the money, this kind of stuff. And if you're gonna have, a, you're gonna have your boys with you. Somebody's gotta, gotta be a fall guy. And, uh, well, to be fair, he said, if you're not going to do the right thing. If you're not going to do the right thing. you got to have a fault. Implying <laughs> that you are you are supposed to do the right thing. <laughs> well, so, I, so what, what bothers me more than anything, man, as it is, as you know, the majority of the National Football League is black ball players. And one thing was appalling to me is, first of all, he had no he had no command of the English language. That was embarrassing. Yeah, it, was, also, it was a whole it, different it, persona than he puts on on the NFL Network. That's for sure. Uh, unbelievable. And then, and then the fact you take a kid named Bridgewater, put him on the stage, you know, talk about a criminal act and actions. He say, "Well, listen, man, look, if you guys gonna create a crime or you're gonna do something wrong, you gotta have a fall guy. You make sure you got a fall guy. If he's gonna be bankrupting all you guys in his posse, that's what you gotta have. I mean, don't encourage." Uh, criminality, they, they, they've got away from that in, their, in most of these guys. They grew up with drugs and crime and all this kind of stuff. You don't need to, you don't, you don't need to preach it, you know, because you've got a ton of money. What you need to do is say, you need to get in the mainstream of what the National Football League provides for you. You need to get in the mainstream of what society provides for you. And you need to get in the upper echelon of what our society is about. That's what you need to be preaching. Because not only that, that football life is a very short life. So what you need to do is incorporate your money in a, in a proper way, put it away, and get ready for your second life, the real world life. Yeah. I didn't hear any of that in any of his, his, his talk. He's talking about hanging out at the nightclubs with all the women, all the hanger-oners, all the thugs, and everything, and you want to live a thug life with money. That's all he was talking about. Just take the money away, it's still a thug life. Put the money in there, it's still a thug life. And by the way, with your thug life, have a couple of your boys for the fall, for, for the fall guy. Don't don't you do the time? Let him do the time. That's that was, exactly, to me, that was that's totally exactly what he said, and uh, you know it's it's interesting that he would, like you said, would say these things. Um, in, in a sense, it's you know T Bone said he says if if you're going to do these things, but in a sense he's encouraging he's he's he's, he's encouraging guys to uh, to continue their misbehavior uh, in a league that said in a league that's had a whole lot of issues and a whole lot of problems. And is trying to clean clean up its act. Instead of saying stop doing these things, he's saying, well, if you're going to go, if you're going to do these things, make sure you have somebody to. And then that fall guy doesn't think that didn't work too well because it, it doesn't. <laughs> but then you know, ask uh, you know, Aaron, what's this guy? Uh... Hey, can you imagine if Charles Haley was here in that conversation? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's not too different from some of the things that we've said a few times. You know, in hindsight, after a guy, a high-profile athlete. Gets busted doing something stupid, like Plaxico Burris shooting himself in the fucking leg. You know, guys driving drunk. You know, yeah, guys that you know, Lance Briggs crashing his Lamborghini on the side of the freeway and walking away from it. And you think, okay, at at least pay one of your buddies to carry the gun, or pay one of your buddies to drive you home. You don't pay your buddy to carry the gun. You pay your Security guard. Yeah, you're a security <laughs> guard. But I mean, that's that's a kind of conversation we've had. If you're going to be a dumbass, at least, you know, be responsible. Be have a have a posse. Yeah. And you know, he used the term. Chris Carter used the term crew. Um, and it there was no place for it. First of all, if I'm the NFL, I'm Roger Goodell. You want to curtail this? You tell him, hey, man, we don't allow posses. 
if we find if we find that you are doing stuff and activities and stuff that's detrimental to the league and the brand, detrimental to the league and the brand, creating havoc somewhere, you're out the league, brother. Yeah. You see, I believe in a no nonsense situation. Since we brothers, I say we, but I hope y'all are listening. If you want to dominate, if you want to be a dominated athlete on the field, you need to be a dominated, res- respectable citizen off the field. You represent a brand. Yeah. I don't care if you're white, black, green, or whatever. Whatever. You get out of line doing that. You don't deserve to play. You know, you go back to where you came from when you were trying to fight to get away, and you're going to keep living that thug life? Come on. Well, it's, 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 it's one of these things that, you know, you and I have talked about off the air. It's like every week. Every week, it's uh, something, some NFL story that comes up there that that kind of shines the NFL in, in a bad light. But that being said, your alma mater is starting to uh, run neck and neck with them. <laughs> I gotta say though, don't you know something? You know some You know some I can't even. I can't even uh, go against you on that one. I mean, I was. I saw that and I said, "What am I? Uh, am I dreaming?" That, that, I mean, it was. It was tough for me to see. And I and I just and I just hope that they can fight through this year. That's going to be an uphill battle now. I think I think it's put pressure on the university. I think it's put pressure on Pat Hayden. I think it puts him in a tough situation to catch twenty two now. And I don't. I'm, I'm going to see how he's going to deal because a lot of people call him for his suspension. A lot of people, some people, and some people call him to be terminated. I mean, but I'm going to wait and see what goes on. But that has to put pressure on the program, and they just came off the sanctions. And I mean. And they can't afford any more setbacks, I'm telling you. They just can't afford it. I, I just got to say that, you know, I think that a lot of this stuff's been going on for years. And, you, you know, you talk about the, the NFL, the stuff that's going on in the NFL and the bad stories and stuff. Right. Well, I mean, for God's sakes, there's so many people paying to hear all this stuff. I mean, there's an NFL network. They have to have news to report every day. They will take any any situation and blow it way out of proportion right on right. espn and on the nfl network and everything else they got to have something to talk about so i think that there is a bit of sensationalism and the the fact that people make a much bigger deal out of stuff that probably used to be like hey dude you were an idiot you know don't do it again but the problem is is that somebody's got it on a cell phone and it's gone viral and four million right. people have watched it i mean that's the problem with nowadays you have to be clean because somebody's going to catch you being a dick. Well, that's true. Absolutely. I mean, you know, with, with social media, with these cameras, you can't do anything today. Nothing. And you, you would think these knuckleheads out there would figure it out. <laughs> right. But, but, but you know, I mean, you got to watch. University. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't even scratch your head without, you know, scratching your head, you know, period. Exactly. Period. You can't even scratch it and people know about it. So I'm just saying, with that, with that being said, what are these people thinking about? It, it, and now that, like you said about ESPN and everyone else, everybody has to talk about something. Everybody sensationalizes everything. And now it, what it is, it's just, it just, it just a sports reality show now, basically what it is. Yeah. You know, they're you know, they, they making a, they make a, a pimple out of a, they make a, a pimple out of a mountain. Yeah. You know, so I'm just saying, you know, these guys know what goes on. And I think, you know, and I, some, you know some, for some reason, uh, the bad behavior sometimes it doesn't bother these guys. It's just part of our culture, right. you know. Being and, and it's, it's like having street cred. What is that? So you want to get caught on on viral? Everything goes viral. Everybody's talking. Everybody's running their mouths. And I'm telling you, it just if you'd have told me 30 years ago we'd be dealing with this kind of stuff, I said, man, you got to be kidding. That's, that's a wild, wild world. <laughs> exactly. And that's exactly what we're into now. I mean, anything goes. You know, it's anything really awesome. goes. What's one thing that's really awesome 
is that uh, my SC season tickets, I sit right behind a guy that wears your jersey. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Oh, that jersey should be retired, goddammit! <laughs> it's well, awesome, man. It's awesome to talk to you. AD, that's well, a, that's C-Live. Uh, he's, he's an old-timer from the show, and he dropped in the night, and uh, he's happy to have a chance to have, say hey to you, brother. Well, that's good. That's good, you know. It's always good to talk to the five-time national. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, brother. Hey, as yes, always, it's always it's a pleasure to have a chance to chat with you, and I, and I'll be talking to you again soon, man. Okay. All right. Thank you. Y'all have a good night. Thank you. Too. Catch you later, Andy. I say, while you're I say, while you're child now, child now. Hey. Some people talk. Everybody's waiting for a better day, a better day. Don't quite know what you're gonna do with your life. I just can't live without you as the days go by.
Time for Brewskies, our beer tasting segment right here at Swoops World Late Night, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. So grab yourself a glass, pour yourself a brew, and join us right now for Brewskies, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. You can, but it's on you, man. Well, happy Wednesday. Welcome uh, to the most important part of the show, the part where we officially drink beer. And uh, tonight, we're drinking a hair of the dog. We've had these guys before. Which one did we have? I don't remember which one we had. It wasn't had. this one, obviously. One of you had one of their other ones. Tonight mm-hmm. we're having their Blue Dot Double IPA. Uh, and this looks like it's a summer brew that they put out uh, on a yearly basis because it's got summer 2015. Alcohol content is 7%. And I'm going to read right off the label what they have to say about their own brew. Blue Dot is named after our planet. We are only a pale blue dot in this universe. Made with organic Pilsner malt, rye malt, and a combination of intense hop varieties. Pour slowly to allow sediment uh, to remain in the bottle. Make every day, Earth Day, do something nice for your mother. And there you go. That's what they had to say about it. So not a whole lot of informative stuff, but... Um, you got as much as you need to know. Yeah, that's right. 7% alcohol, double IPA, hair of the dog is the brewery. Their blue dot IPA is what we're tasting. So we have a few guests in the house to our guests. Salud. Yes. Thanks for showing up. Well, let me, uh, before we uh, before we go around and do this, let's, let's just kind of mention everybody's here. We got C-Liv, who uh, came, in, he came in with T-Bone today. And everybody, really, if you've been a long-time listener, remember C-Liv. We got Tom O'Keefe sitting in here, and he's been on the show several times. And of course, the great Angela Madsen is in, in here with us. And uh, she just got back from Toronto, right? At the what, what games were those? Those pair of Pan Americans, and you picked up a few medals there. Couple, yeah, silver and gold. Silver and gold. Nice. She's nice. a badass. That's all. I almost got a my discus throw, but it was. You threw something out, a rib or... Yeah, I threw my rib out on my first throw. Oh, oh. All right. Anyway, the way this goes is uh, you tell us what you think about the beer and uh, your honest opinion. We'll go all the way around, get everybody's honest opinion, then we'll come back and score it on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being best. And uh, we'll start with you, Angela. I like it. I mean, pouring it out and... and um Smelling it, it, I thought it was going to be more floral than it actually is. It has a nice, nice flavor. It's not quite as strong as it 
smells with the bouquet. So it's actually really good. Say so. Uh This is my style of beer. I, I like the double IPA situation. Uh, I think it's very, very, very tasty. I do like the unfilteredness of it, but I do wonder why. Why is it that they're all hippies? I, we'll just leave that for another conversation. <laughs> Tom O'Keefe. Uh, not my favorite. I'm going to go with... Uh, no the, scores, no numbers, just, just your... No, no, no. Oh, no. I'm, I'm going to go with, with uh, a little bit too bitter for my taste buds. Too much of a common... I couldn't figure out whether it was floral or bitter. It was, it was going back and my simple mind couldn't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Had to be one or the other. <laughs> Boner. Well, you know, my my nose is a little runny this week, so I didn't have too much as... too much powder. <laughs> Come on, man! I'm, I'm a family man. A couple bones. You were the one that talked. You were. You were. I had said. <laughs> It's got a, you know, it's got an interesting mix of malts here, and a, it has kind of a weird little twinge on my tongue mm-hmm. at one point in it. Otherwise, I, I dig it. It just there's one thing that kind of hits for a half second every sip. That's just like a I can't describe it. It's not I mean you know not at all anything that I would expect. Not necessarily bad. Just like, yep. Something there. Just kind of this. Kind of messed with your simple mind. It did, yeah. yeah. Go next. I'm looking um, something up here. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because it, it, I kind of agree with everybody. Um, you know, Tom says something about it's got that it's got that kind of the bitter and whatever, the, the two combination thing. Uh, and I just I said something about the, you know, the floralness of it, but it, it just still tastes good. Um, I'm with you and, and the, uh, the unfilteredness. I, I kind of like, I dig that. Um, I understand exactly where you're coming from uh, with that little twinge of something on the end. It's almost got, um, sometimes I taste it, I kind of get a hint of like a, a Belgian. Yeah, there's like a weird little spice. Yeah, yeah. and then, uh, you know, the, uh, in, 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 and you do, you do talk about this, there's a real, a real interesting mix of uh, what they have in here, you know, the... Um, Oh, God, what was it? Pilsner and rye. Yeah, the Pilsner and the rye malt. Yeah, well, the rye definitely gives it the unique, you know, ryes have that unique flavor. Ryes will give it a spiciness. Mm-hmm. That's spiciness where the spiciness is coming from. And then the, the, the Belgianness that you're tasting is because if they, they use a yeast that stays in suspension, it probably is a Belgian yeast. Yeah, or, you know, so that's what I was looking up. They don't actually tell you what the yeast is, yeah. but I, I think you're on. I think so that's... the Belgian yeast is what gives it that, that tarty... You know, sour flavor. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. But overall, I like it. I don't care for this at all. And uh, I love IPA, double IPAs. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure whatever we had from these guys before, I liked. I like the rye in it. I like the spiciness. But it's got that. It's almost like you bite into a lemon, right? It's got a little, I get little that funk right to it that yeah. everybody sort of alluded to that I don't care for. Um, and I think, uh, as Eliv said, I think that they're using a Belgian Yeast, which is unusual for uh, an IPA, or at least for a rat, Peter. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the same. That's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's a Belgian triple IPA. There's another one, um, Schuf, Schuf something, which is a 
a very similar to this, and it's a instead of being a, a English IPA, it's a Dutch IPA, uh, and that's what this tastes like. Hublenschuf. Um, and but they don't do it nearly as well as Hublenschuf does it. So I, I'm not I'm not digging this one. I don't hate it, but um, it's not like the typical IPAs that double IPAs that we get that I really like. So. Angela, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being best. I'm going to give it 7. Sealiff. 5. 3. Whoa. Uh, I'm in 6 territory here. I'm a 6. And I, I was a 5. Okay. Cypher uh, there, Jethro. Uh, <laughs> that's going to give us a 5.3333333. Add infinitum. Peter, what are we eating with this? Oh, I don't know, man. This is, uh, <laughs> to be honest, skip this one. Um, although, you know, I, I take it back. I take it back. I can see this going nicely with, like, lighter fare. Um, it hasn't got a big, giant malt complex uh, 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 profile. I could see this going with, like, like, a salad that's got a lot of zingy dressing in it. Nothing sweet. Not a sweet salad, but, like, a chopped salad, you know, uh, um, maybe even a sharp, really sharp Caesar salad. That might go with this. But uh, I think meat and stuff going to just wipe this out. Um, and it's just kind of funky enough, weird enough. Like, I don't know, like watercress I go with this. You know, like weird, <laughs> weird, weird flavors. Watercress. Water uh, watercress salad. I'm serving watercress. Yeah. Where's, uh, where's the blue moon? What yeah, that's what this goes with. It's an odd, <laughs> funky thing, I think, personally. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't serve it with dinner mostly. But if you are, think salad courses probably spicy, zingy salad dressings. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's the way I'd roll. Another edition of Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. That's Brisky, sponsored by DrinksWineSpirits.com. We're there trying to beer the club. We'll send you a box spirit each month. Twelve beers, four breweries, three bottles. Yeah. All right. And we have Angela Madison in the house. Here's a clip from Angela from way back. Back in the day. It's like, it's like day number three. Pitch black night again, and we got hit by like a 50, 60 foot wave, road oh my wave God. from a different direction. So we almost, um, our boat almost got like completely, we get suffered a knockdown, which is like not a complete. Um, rollover but where it goes your deck is like past 90 degrees and you got people hanging on you're trying to get to the high side of the boat and right. keep it from going all the way over but our automatic pilot made an adjustment in the steering just as we started surfing this big huge wave that hit us from behind our automatic pilot turned the boat sideways and we started uh -huh. going over Jeez. so it was like yeah so <laughs> We lost one of our sliding seats, so we had to improvise, and we made took a battery case cover, this wooden battery case cover, and made a bench seat. And because I'm a fixed seat rower, that became like my dedicated seat for the rest of the trip. It was like 55 days of rowing on a wooden plank that had this much foam on it. So I like had the worst butt sores of anybody ever. But it's like, oh, man. But, yeah, after three mm. days and then. But we, we didn't quit. We just broke some oars, lost a sliding seat. Other guys that were too lazy to tie their cushions down, you know, and everything that wasn't tied down got washed away. But um, it's, it's a dangerous sport. I mean, there's a missing at sea category. 
um, for our sport, but it's become a lot safer with all the equipment now that yeah. we have with the radars and the AIS, um, which we didn't, Frank and I didn't have the money for, so we did almost get run over by that Norwegian container ship, but I swear they just came over, because, I mean, I could see them with their cameras taking pictures of us, so I don't think they really were going to run us over. I think they just came over to check us out. Hello, Long Beach. This is Swoop, and welcome to Swoop's World. Thank you for listening in on our first uh, broadcast here at blogtalkradio.com, and we're going to be working out some of the bugs here, but uh, we hope you enjoy. We're going to be here every week, every Wednesday at 9 o'clock, and our goal is to uh, bring you all the arts, culture, news, and happenings and entertainment here in Long Beach. Uh, I am Swoop, and my uh, co-host and co-producer is Peter. How's it going, Peter? Not too bad. How you doing, Swoop? We're doing good. Hey, if you want to follow us, we're going to be, uh, you can always follow us at swoopsworld at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, and we're also on Facebook. That clip you just heard was made on December 9th, 2009. That was our very first show. And our announcement tonight is, tonight is our very last show. This is, uh, it's been a great run. We've done this for about uh, six years. Uh, I'm probably, I'm sure, sometime in the future I'll be broadcasting again. But as far as, uh, as far as uh, we we are set up now, our crew, this is uh, this is it, and uh, we just want to, you know, just kind of, we're gonna we're gonna gonna do some reminiscing tonight and, and, and talking about some things and whatnot. And but that first show, uh, we had uh, somebody work in our uh, our chat room. It was Carrie from the Prime Spot, and uh, over the years we've had several uh, people that kind of participated in the show on a regular basis. One was Ray Polk and Chef Sam Piano. And, of course, Christopher Livingston is here tonight, and uh, T-Bone became a – both of them were, were, were team on the team on the show, and Anthony Davis joined us. And then, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, over the years, we've had a lot of guests and, 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 and a lot of repeat guests, and, uh, and we're happy to have some of our favorite ones here tonight. We have Angela – Matson and Tom O'Keefe, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people we're going to thank tonight, and I don't want to get them all at the same time because uh, we got we got still have a couple hours to go, so we'll mention them as we go along. But you know, some of the people who did sit in as co-hosts were uh, Stacy Lupinacci and Rob Saul, uh, Travis Wettstein, and uh, I got to sit in as co-hosts on, on their shows, as well as uh, Xander Gibb and uh, Christine Corda, and uh, I want to thank them for that. Our very first guest that night was Christina, I mean, Karina Cristiano Leone, uh, followed by Michelle Mangione, the second show, and Bernadette McKeever, the third show. And I think Tom O'Keefe came in around the, what, the fourth or fifth show. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of people over the years. And, and we're going to, you know, we had Jack Nunn, of course, you know, we said Angela Matson, Xene from the band X, Mark Platt, uh, who was always, uh, you know, a big supporter and helped us get a lot of guests, as well as Lisa Nimzo, Raspin Stewart. Uh, we had Channel 3 on, uh, Robert John and the Wreck, Paul McCartney and Wicked Saints, John Gannon, Rama Kega, Michael Knight, Stevie Mack, Antonio Ravise, Tana Fredericks, Normandy Wilson, Randy Doc Johnson, and a host of others. And we'll, we'll mention some more throughout the show tonight. But uh, it's been a fun run, guys. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're all sitting here reflecting and whatnot. Peter, I mean, that first show, I, I was in my uh, living room or somewhere, and you were, you were at your house, and we we're doing it over the phone on Blog Talk. Mm-hmm. Across the cosmos. That's right. <laughs> What's it been like, man? Um, it's been all right. We've met a lot of cool people. <laughs> we, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of a lot of cool bands and and, and 
six years has been all right. Yeah, we, 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 we you know, a lot of, uh, you know, people that I have never would have met, and Olympic athletes and medalists and, and things like that, and it's, yeah. been, it's been great. And, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's, you know, it's bittersweet. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a blast. And right, it's going to be sad, but now we can be totally inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> we met these guys, and uh, yeah. they were, back in the day, they were LB Food Review. That's right. Yeah, which is coming back, by the way. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, probably a couple of weeks. Yeah. So it'll be back. It's, the site's already live. It's already designed, and, and everything's been uploaded, and everything's there. And um, yeah, we're we're my James, the my real estate assistant, twenty uh, five year old graphic designer, total foodie, lives in North Long Beach, Long Beach, Cambodian dude, way into it. So, we start with the hell. We'll do it again. I think it's gonna be. You guys fun. gonna be doing your reviews in your late night snackets? Yeah, dude. That doesn't really happen anymore. Since I go to bed at ten o'clock at night. Your late night uh, snackets doesn't that mean you're heating up a bottle. For that, that is what my late night snackets is. It's, you know, it's changing a diaper and looking at his late night snackets. But, but yeah, what the, what the hell, man? We're starting it again. It's gonna be fun. Cool. Well, one of the things you know, one of the one of the one of the memorable moments oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> throughout the years happened to do with you. <laughs> yeah, that, I still tell the story. Um, I told it the training the other day. Uh-huh. I, I had about thirty-five agents in a training, uh-huh. and I said, I, "I gotta tell you guys about this, Mrs. <laughs> Mrs. Peeps here. I gotta tell you a story about what happened to me because somebody was complaining about some client that was rude to him. And I was like, you don't even know. Okay. You don't even know. And then I said, and by the way, listen to this interview. And I played it for everybody in the room because you sent it to me a couple months ago. Yeah. And I saved it on my laptop. <laughs> Shit's hilarious. Well, for those who've ever heard, uh, it's titled. See live versus Miss Cheryl because you know I didn't have the right name when we were working with it and we were using an anonymous anyway. But uh, here you go. This uh, this takes us back a few years. I, I was telling everybody on the radio the other a uh, couple weeks ago that uh, I had this client. Her name was uh, has changed for reasons of privacy. Her name is uh, Joy. <laughs> and uh, jo- Joy was a very fun person. We were riding around in my car together. She was singing Big Bad Leroy Brown. She's all over the car and I'm taking count. She is a very large lady. I had to write an apology phone to the, to the passenger's seat of my Mercedes to thank it. Tell it to please accept other passengers in the car after she was bouncing around and clapping her hands. Man, it was like gorgeous. But uh, anyway, so Joyce, uh, Joyce put in Joy, Joy. Put, Joy put in this uh, <laughs> this bid on this house, and and we were we were helping her find this house. We did our whole thing trying to find it and everything, and then all of a sudden it came in that we got this bid. And so I, I did all my paperwork. I ran back and forth between my office, which is over here on Atlantic, the real estate office, and my personal office, which is over on Bellflower Boulevard. Drove it like three times. I need signatures. I was working my ass off. I knew that she wanted this house. I was going to do anything I could to get this. Like, I was committed. I was committed. I earned my realtor R. You know what I'm saying? R. I was doing the right thing here. I was working my ass off because the way that these bids work is when you get awarded the bid, you have to have everything done, signed, ready to go, proof of funds, escrow paper, or not escrow paper, but loan papers, everything ready to go within 48 hours of the acceptance. So, I mean, it's a mad rush. you got to FedEx it up to Sacramento to the HUD office. Right. Okay? So, 
I'm doing all this work. I'm running all over town, getting all these papers signed and everything. And I've, I've probably called her 25 times that day. Okay? I, I, will, I will be honest, but she does not have a cell phone. I'm not calling a cell phone. I'm calling a home phone. I'm just trying to get her as she walks in the door, letting her know that we need to get together ASAP to get this shit signed. And so she needed to go to the bank and get cashier's checks and all kinds of stuff, right? So I'm just really being committed to my client here. Well, I, I, I could not get a hold of her. So at 7.30 at night, I'm like, shit, I'm going to go by her house. I, I pull up. I park. I ring the doorbell. I hear this hacking noise inside. Also, the door flies open. She looks out. She goes, and I go, Joy, Joy, it's Chris. You got the house. And she goes, I know. I got your message. And she slams the door in my face. And I'm like, oh. What the fuck? Oh my god! I wanted to I wanted to yell back so bad. I was thinking, no, no, you gotta be professional. This is work, whatever. So I'm just totally walking back to my car, my head down, you know. All of a sudden, the door flies open again. I turn around, hoping to God that she's gonna be like, "Oh, but I want that house or something," right? She goes, "If I don't return your phone calls, don't mean you can come by my house." (laughs) Wham! Slams the door again. So I'm like, oh shit, man! I'm like, what did I do? You know, I fucked up. Oh, it's gonna be really bad. And so I, I'm driving home. I'm talking to Jerry, my mentor, on the phone and stuff about this whole deal. And he's telling me, I told you she was psycho, man. He's like, I told you when I gave you her. She's done crazy ass shit. And you said, oh, don't worry about it, Jerry. I just need business. And so you got what you asked for, pretty much. I was like, yeah. Well, I'm never answering another phone call from that bitch again. And so I go home, and I'm doing my things around my house, and my cell phone rings. <laughs> you answered and it? it says, Joy Pete, on my, uh, on my phone. I was like, this has got to be good. I figure I'm going to get yelled at. I was figuring I was going to get some good relief because I was going to yell back, and it was going to be a good deal. So I pick up the phone, say, hello. And she goes, hey, Chris. And I'm like, hey, Joy, what's going on? She goes, what's going on? <laughs> I'm like, well, I never had anybody slam a door in my face like that before. And she goes, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I had a man. I had company. I was getting laid. Homeboy said he's going to buy me a house. He's like, you know, you can't just interrupt me. He was pissed. He doesn't want to punch you. Oh, Ow! You know, she's like yelling at me on the phone. Oh my god. And I'm like, wait a minute. So you're trying to tell me that you were sucking dick. She saved your life, though. She saved your life. This guy wanted to kill you. Yeah, exactly. So she goes, but what did you come by for? And I said, well, I came over because you finally got that house that you've been wanting. And all the paperwork had to be signed within 48 hours. She goes, oh, really? I said, yeah, really? You almost had your dream house, Joy. And she's all, oh, well, uh, so what do you think about, uh, what, what about those papers? And I was like, are, are, are you kidding me? She, she calls me back to her, sweet talk me into doing this for her. I said, there's no chance I'm ever working with you. I told her straight up. I said, do you know what you did to me? Like, that, that was just wrong. This deal comes alive at 11 and dies at 7.30, and I worked every minute in between to get it done. Oh, but she was too busy. Hang on, hang on, we got a call. Hello? I'm on the radio. Who's this? Oh, no, he didn't. 
Mr. Chris was talking about me on the radio. I heard it. Uh, yeah, this sheriff. Yeah, that fool be talking about me on the radio. You know, he called my house. He shouldn't have had no reason to be coming to my house. Uh, he's just trying to help care. you out. That fool had no reason. He called me five, six, seven times. You know, hey, I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't want that. He crazy anyway. First time I met that fool, he had this old Cadillac. Cadillac. <laughs> I had a tough time saying that. He had an old Cadillac. And food was trying to bump a little. <laughs> bad, bad Leroy Brown. What's up with that? That's whack. But, you know, I was just got to go along with it because he was showing me some houses and such, you know, because I was always trying to get me a new house. Move away from these fools over here that could be acting all crazy and such. He's, he's just trying no, to help you out. No, 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 no. Don't he, he, ain't, he ain't right, that boy. That boy just ain't right. First of all, let's get something straight. I was the customer. He do what I tells him to do. If I want him to come to my house, I intend to come to my house. What he look like coming to my house? Crazy ass white boy come walking up on my house. Did he know where he was? I was like, get out of my house. You look like a cop. Everybody gonna think I'm a snitch. So I slammed him door in his face just to get him to go away. And he called me later. <laughs> Talk about all kind of mess like he can't work with me no more. <laughs> he was just trying to make it, he was trying to help you out, you know. You're making it hard for him. Listen here, Snoop. Swoop, Snoop, 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 Snoop. How you say it? Swoop. Listen here, Snoop. I told that boy. He don't know how he be acting. He, he acting like a fool. He can't be talking to me like that. You know, he can't be talking to me like that at all. I don't need him. My man gonna buy me a house. My man gonna buy me a house. I don't need no Christopher, whatever, Lip, 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 C-Liv, he said his name was. Chris Livingston, he said his name was. He said call him Big Boy. He had all kinds of I'm not sure he a real estate man, no way. He, he is, he is. Anything else you want to say? I got one last thing to say, that boy. You tell him, is he there? Can he hit me? Yeah, yeah he can. can he hit me? Fuck you. Whoa! Fuck you. Don't be coming around my house. You, you don't be coming around no more. I don't need you. I don't want you. I ain't working with you. I can have my man go by my house. Fuck you. Hey, hey. hey. Whoa, I, I, I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up. <laughs> hey, man, you bring out the worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to that poor woman? <laughs> I don't know, man. Well, that was a, that was, we didn't do a whole lot of bits. Over there. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. That, that was uh, <laughs> that was the best one. <laughs> no, that was so fantastic. Everybody in my office heard that recording. That was awesome. Oh, that was fun. Fun, good times, man. Good times. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Watch your mouth. When, you know, like you guys have both been here all the way and all the bands and stuff like that. I mean, over the years, I mean, what do you guys reflect on? We, you know, we sit here going, 
Dude, I've always really liked uh, Robert John and the Wreck. I've always... And they've gotten big time now, too. Have they really? Yeah, they've yeah. been touring Europe and everywhere else. And, Man, uh, I really liked their music, and he was so he was such a humble, nice guy. Like, yeah. he really wasn't full of himself. Like, he's a great musician, but he was really just kind of down-to-earth great dude. Yeah, uh, you know, we, 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 met, we met Robert John. Uh, it wasn't Robert John and the Wreck, but he was with some other people. We met them uh, playing in uh, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf on Atlantic Boulevard when uh, Peter and I were setting up to do a... a, a on a first Friday, event. right? No, we were setting up to do the uh, Top of the Town art walk. No, but I mean, we they were doing a first they Friday. They were doing a first Friday. Right, right. And, uh, and he, they came out and played, uh, as well as Michelle Mangione and uh, right. J, right. J. Ross Pirelli. And somebody else played for us at the Top of Town art walk for nominal fee. And uh, it's just great to see see him done so well after that. You know, we met Angela. She was getting ready to do a, a, a row from, uh, at that time, from Northern California to Hawaii. And uh, you were out for, I don't know how many days on that one. Seven. Seven. 172 miles, ass-kicking. <laughs> 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 You're almost going backwards there. Yeah, well, the, the container ship pushed me under. I was actually going under at one point. <laughs> And uh, then later on, you know, we we follow. We got to follow your your, your About a year later, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Follow your row from uh, Long Beach to to Hawaii. Um, you know what the problem was? I was supposed to be solo. <laughs> I was supposed to be solo. <laughs> so I still have to do it again. <laughs> After the Paralympics, I'm going to do it again solo. This, does Deb know this? <laughs> oh, yeah. The mother-in-law just found out, and she went, Oh, my God, you're going to kill me! It's like, holy shit. She must like me. I don't know. Uh, you know what? You know, I, I, I want to thank you for, for all the support you've given us over the years. And, and, and you know, take, you take time out of your schedule come in, and come and hang with us. And, and, uh, and, and you call us from out the middle of the ocean on a satellite phone and whatnot. And yeah, what am I going to do on my next row? <laughs> what am I going to call? <laughs> Ghostbusters? <laughs> no, I'm sad, but I know you guys work really hard at it, and I'm going to miss you guys. And, and I actually thought maybe your big announcement was going to be that you got a fucking studio. <laughs> you're going to go off the air. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just, you didn't give me any warning. <laughs> I'm going to cry. Oh, my That's a studio. You got backdrop. Well, this is a studio, but I mean, I thought maybe, you know. one that actually was accessible. <laughs> yeah, accessible without a garage door. As well as Tom, I mean, you know, Tom's Tom's been here. I mean, your garage has inspired me to do hand cycling and get a bike. There you, know, you go. All we see is flat tires from here. <laughs> like, you know, it looks like show to That's me. That's Max's bike over there. Oh, so, okay. yeah. yeah, teenagers. <laughs> yeah. But Tom's yeah. been here on a number of occasions, and uh, he's, he's 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 dropped in and uh, just just to drop in on a few times, and as well as uh, come in and, and give you know give us the latest on on, on health, and we always appreciated that. And I'm the last guy anybody ever wants to hear from, uh, so I usually hear. Yeah, it, but so you're here in a pinch. Whatever. If I need a, if we we we're hard for a death. So, no, <laughs> Whenever they just when the lemons out of the, uh, the juice without lemon. So it's always good. Some of the other people that have been on, uh, and uh, we get uh, you know. We got other stuff to talk about, other other clips to play, but uh, 
I think I left off at Normandy Wilson. We had Randy Doc Johnson and the Heat Seekers over here several oh, times. Oh, they were awesome. They, they weren't they great? They were uh, awesome. Uh, they were always a lot of fun, uh, and, and you know uh, they're not a, they're not a group anymore. But if you go on uh, YouTube, you can look up the Heat Seekers. They did a lot of uh, TV tunes and movie tunes and. Just uh, just a lot of fun to hang with, too. They did the most beautiful Sanford and Son. Yes, indeed. Did it! Oh, guys, we had uh, locals. We had Ryan Smolar and Rachel Potusek, Evan Kelly. Ray- Raymond Jacobs was here a few times. And, uh, you know, we uh, like I said, we played a clip earlier with Grace Slick. We had Donna Santizi. <coughs> Who was a legendary photographer? Who uh, t- she's got a book uh, out. And she was uh, she had access to a lot of uh, punk rock people back in the day, the Ramones and uh, Patti Smith and uh, Joan, Jett Joan Jett and all those people. So we uh, we we enjoyed having her. On. We had Jim McDonald when he was the chief of police in Long Beach, who's now the sheriff of uh, L.A. County, and Star Parker, who uh, ran for Congress back at the time. Kim Pe- Kim Perez was a professional bodybuilder and. And a really nice, cool person. Super cool person, yeah. yeah it was, I remember uh, that one. I was here for that one. I yeah. I was here when she was here. Yeah, and... Uh, I've been here for a couple people. You've been here for a lot of people. I did a couple <laughs> drop-ins. <laughs> you did, too. <laughs> That's absolutely. Uh, let's see. Where else? Uh, David Slater. He was a, the guy from Signal Hill Petroleum, which was, we were learning so much about... Right, uh, one of the most fracking. shows. Yeah. Star Gialli. Gialli. Oh, <laughs> you took that picture of those two sitting next to each other. <laughs> I was pretty worried the bone was on my path. He's going to breathe life into a squirrel. <laughs> 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 the video of bringing the squirrel back to life. I thought, this guy knows how to party. <laughs> I, mean, I, was just, I, I was walking Luke the other day, and we were talking about this show. And I, and I remember him talking, his book, Cancer is Good for You. Yeah. I was like, I remember you introducing him in that show and going, well, your, you know, your book, Cancer is Good for You. I don't think that everybody would uh, really agree with you on this one, but tell us more. We're <laughs> <laughs> shrug that down for us. Bring it up down, yes. <laughs> Oh, man. That, you know, and I've actually talked about his theory of how cancer is our body trying to produce another organ to deal with the contamination and everything i've actually like gotten into I got a, a couple of the like, book if you want it super you know really drunk at a bar and you're like you gotta hear what this guy said on this radio show i was on man like i, I need an extra liver maybe it'll grow you know? hook me up evolution hook it up yeah hook it up bust out that darwin shit <laughs> we had yeah, you know, we're going to play a clip right now. This is Yancey Butler, who was on what was it? Witchblade, right? Mm-hmm. Star Witchblade. And her dad, Joe Bl- Butler, who played for The Love and Spoonful. Love and, Spoonful. and we had them both on a show together back uh, back a few, few years back. And uh, here they are talking about uh, when Yancey was a little girl. So Yancey had grown up in that. And she would go out to these opening parties. And at one party... It was a Mike Nichols direction. Her mother, uh, Leslie, my ex-wife, her mother was at the party, and they always had these parties at Sardi's, and then they would go up, you know, or wherever it was, I'm not sure. You, where was it? Was it at Sardi's? I think it was at Sardi's. Let's, let's just say at Sardi's. Yancey's about 14 and looks like... You tell like, stories like I do. <laughs> does it, 14 is, and she would go up and extend her hand and say, Hi, I'm Yancey Butler. You know, I mean, it was like she was really very sophisticated for her age. And 
Suddenly, Mike Nichols comes over to Leslie, and he's very embarrassed and very apologetic, and he said, Leslie, Jack Nicholson wants Yancey's number. And Leslie said, what? He wants Yancey's number. And she said, and Yancey had come over at that time and said, oh, Mommy, listen, Jack just wants me to go back to the hotel. He's got this great party. He wants me to go over the script. She said, yeah, I'll give him the number. And Mike Nichols hands her the pad and paper, and she writes the number, and uh, Jack Nichols opens it and turns purple. What she wrote on it was Yancey's age, 14. <laughs> 14. <laughs> That's her number, pal. Yeah. She was always very sophisticated in, yeah. in, in, you know, in that way. And always, you know, nice to people. Except for Jack Nicholson. Which is <laughs> I wasn't allowed. Yeah. He lost interest after that. I never understood why. But <laughs> I thought you'd always were sensible enough that you well, would he know, wasn't like, start dating at a, at a really... I'm sorry. No, she said he wasn't interested then, whether you're lucky it was Nicholson and Apolanski. Yeah, right. That's We're on in the air. That was uh, Yancey Butler and her dad, Joe Butler. And like I said, he was, uh, he was an original member of the Love and Spoonful, and she... Uh, She's in Witchblade and uh, wasn't she in uh, one movie? Yeah, Kickass, Kickass, and a lot of other stuff. She's been she's been in quite a few things, and I know she goes to uh, a lot of those uh, like Comic Con type events and uh, does the whole autograph thing and whatnot. So always uh, <clears throat> we've had Yancey on a few times, and she was always a lot of fun. You, you said Mark Platt back there a few ways. Yeah, he's been on the show quite a few times. He's right? been on the show a bunch of times. <laughs> yeah, Mark, you know, and not only has Mark been on a bunch of times, Mark actually sent us a lot of a lot of a lot of guests we've had and uh, hooked us up with a lot of people. And, and uh, you know, I, I was always truly appreciative of that. He sparked uh, some spirited conversations. He sparked some spirited conversations. Uh, yeah. Him and Peter uh, the last last time they spoke, uh, it was a little spirited, but. Uh, you know, I got I got I got I got to give him props because I got to give him some props. He's 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 been uh, yeah. he's been a true supporter of the show. I, yeah. I follow him on Facebook. He has a lot of interesting things he posts. Mark is a is a talented man. Mm-hmm. He's got all the and he's I mean, uh, has he had like seven he's, wives? He's, he's got a couple. Of, he talks about it all the time, he, right? Like, you know, he's written some cool talks about uh, <laughs> some he's of got those some great ex girlfriend songs. Oh. Actually, he does. Uh, yeah. He only has one ex-wife. Oh, he's okay. got like a bunch of ex-girlfriend songs. That's what it was. Yeah. Really <laughs> <laughs> no, that group of people that I, that whole group that I met when I met Mark and so like Paul McCarty from the Wicked Saints. I'm telling you, Paul's had a, a string of girlfriends. He's like the Taylor Swift of boys, I guess. I don't know, or, or the John Mayer. Maybe he's another John he's, Mayer. He's a, he's a John Mayer type. <laughs> Sounds like they do an ex-duet. <laughs> <laughs> I love, who was the guy that you knew that was came in from your Belinda and he he did the really high end custom guitars and he played and like that guy was awesome. He was really into the recording thing. He's a recording artist and 
I think he was over in like Yorba Linda or Tustin area. Well, it, was, or it, was, it might have been Steve Sost. Or I think that's who it was, Steve Sost. Yeah, he's in Orange. Steve, oh, Orange, yeah. So we had another Luthier, Luthier right? Is that what you pronounce? Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Yamagishi, but I don't think you, that was a Thursday afternoon show. Okay, so, you, so, yeah, you, yeah, so it was Steve Sost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Steve Sost. Steve Sost. This is a studio. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, Steve Sost. This is a studio. Not only a let me let me just kind of let me just tell you about Steve Sos. Steve Sos plays uh, plays bass with M- Michelle Mangione. That's how we met him. Uh-huh. We've had his son on the show because his son was in a band uh, with with a, a girl with a at the time uh, called After Arrows. Yeah, Steve is also the one between Steve, his wife, and Michelle that hooked us up with Xene. And, I was uh, at that show. Yeah, yeah, you were, yeah, you were there, and, uh, and, and several other guests. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Steve and and, and, and Paula and, and Michelle have been have been great to great to the show, um, as well as uh, I want to say uh, I want to give thanks to uh, Lady Lady Lake Music and Lady Lake Music and Lori DeWall. Oh, no. Our publicist, who uh, who actually hooked us up with a lot of guests over the years, um, and we'll, we'll get to some of the some of the names of some of the other people. Lady J- Lady JJ uh, was, was a blast. We've had her on twice, twice. twice. yeah, two or three times. Uh, the first time was uh, an afternoon show. It's, it's her and uh, the her, other her friend came walking up the street there, all oh decked out. I know that the middle of the day, first my neighbors were like, first time we had her on late night, the chat room was just off the hook. Oh, and, and all the things that they were saying, they were talking about in the chat room the whole time. It was the language I was not previously. Speaking of language, and and you know, we mentioned Travis and Rob earlier. Here's an interview we had with Travis, uh, and he's talking about some woman he was sleeping with for a, a period of time, and he says something, he's got a line in there that I think is one of the greatest lines ever said on the show, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it afterwards, but this is Travis Wetstein. Right, and that's why it doesn't work out for me. Anytime I, have, I try to have just a fuck friend, I, I'm the type of guy, and I know it's pussy, but I'm the type of guy who, if I'm fucking the girl, I'm going to catch feelings for nine times out of ten. Except for the fat Hulk that I fucked. That that girl, I just could not get down with. <laughs> How many times I did you try it? You, if you, see, if based on what you tell me, if, you, if you'd have hung in there long enough, you'd have, you'd have fallen in love, man. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I'm glad I kicked her vodka-guzzling ass out of my bedroom after the third night she stayed at my house. You know what happened with this girl? And, you know, women are fucking manipulative. This girl gets into a huge fight with her parents, so she gives me the whole sad sob story of my parents won't let me in the house. And then she comes to my house, and she won't fucking. Well, wait, 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 wait. I don't want you to get too far ahead of yourself. So, she, she, she didn't, her parents had kicked patient. She had no place to stay. And then you asked your dad, who asked his mom, if it was okay to have her over on the couch. You can't keep up with my life. I was living with my mom, brother, nephews. <laughs> Dogs and cats at the time. Oh, sorry. Right. my mother's house uh, that I'm that I was uh, viciously banging this girl over and over again. <laughs> viciously, and she liked to be beat up. Darts. Like, could you imagine being at your mom's house, uh, beating up a girl, punching her in the back of the head? Yeah. <laughs> and she wanted me to tell her stuff like, "You're a fucking dirty con." Could you imagine mom listening to that in the next room? Oh, you dirty whore. You take it. See, it was like it, it, seriously, like. 
and it was one of those things where she's like, oh, talk dirtier, talk dirtier. I'm Louder, there. scream it. I'm I want your there. mother to hear and this. I've already gone as far as my upbringing will let me go. <laughs> <laughs> she's telling me, I want your I'm mother. almost there, talk to me even dirtier. And I'm like, fuck this, I give up. I, I can't. <laughs> call me a filthy cunt. Exactly. You have your like, mother that's, that's all I got. <laughs> While you're ramming me. It's not like she needed to give you a script. So yeah. You knew what to say at the right time. Next time I'll, I'll call Peter, and Peter, you can tell me in my ear things to say while I'm talking. <laughs> yeah, Peter does know. How to do <laughs> I have gone. I had gone as far as my upbringing will allow, <laughs> which I think is the greatest single sentence ever uh, uttered on this show. <laughs> One that amazingly enough, you and I really never breathe. No. <laughs> We've tried, but never. <laughs> yeah, I think both of our moms have listened to this. Oh show. yeah. That <laughs> bringing would allow. I never would have got out of my house, and nobody would have gotten in. <laughs> well, you know, he says the funny thing about Travis is that for those who don't know, uh, you know, he and Rob are cousins, and they were. Oh, are we gonna air dirty laundry right yeah, now? We're, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mom's swinging and out of prison. <laughs> They're cousins. And they did they did their show together, so they were it was their show, you know, the Rob and Trav show, and and, and Travis needed a place to stay, so he moved in with Rob, and Rob and Travis just said he can't fuck anybody without having feelings for him. Well, it turns out he ended up starting to fuck Rob's wife. Oh my god! <laughs> and, and oh my god! <laughs> okay, I having feelings for her, and they got her pregnant. And uh, apparently, daughter pregnant. Uh, Rob's divorced, and they're not a they're not a team anymore. But not only that, not only that, but then, oh yeah, then they had Rob kicked out of his own house. Out of his own house. <laughs> An episode of Days of Our Lives. It is. It is. Holy is that shit! A little, little bit of Jerry Springer thrown in. Oh, man. Did, did, did you ever have them back on the show talking about it once? All we had Rob back, back on the show. Oh, no, did he talk about getting kicked out of his own house? Oh, he, he, well, at the time there was some court proceedings going on. So he couldn't comment <laughs> on everything. He said he told us he had to be very careful yeah, so about what he there said. There are a few the things he would talk about. A few times he had a little no comment and. Uh, but, I can't, I can't hey, talk about that. I'm happy to say he's back in his house. He, he, has, oh, good for him. he has his kid over all the time. And, and he and Travis are good friends? No. He no. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't call Travis daddy anymore. Not so much. Yeah. I don't know. He still, she still gets to go, you know, is, uh, <laughs> technically he's her stepdad now. Oh, <laughs> and uh, cousin. She's her, he's her cousin and stepdad. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Kind of thing you're not supposed to have north of the Mason Dixon. I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I know. Huh? Like you guys have it. Right? You guys, yeah, there it is. You had mentioned Florida all night. I was wondering what was going on. I love that. I love that shit that's on the radio in the morning. I think it's Kiss FM or one of those radio stations where they go, "Was this in Florida or any other state?" And they, you know, man pumps alligator and it has a child with it. Everybody goes Florida. And they go, no, no, no that, that was actually. actually yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was in New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
gosh. Well, I guess you don't have to worry about being taken off the air for all the comments. That we never worried about. Uh, Not like we were on that one radio station where they didn't want us to cuss. Oh, well. Fuck that. We, that? Had, we were on a couple of, We were on uh, uh, Dewberry Jam. Community radio. Z- and, no, uh, I was talking when we were on Z Talk. Oh, Z Talk. Oh, that's the clip I should have pulled. Oh, we, when, you, when you burn the Z Targs. We, we burn the Z Targs. <laughs> and that's the last thing you hear. <laughs> he goes, fuck you, Z Targs. <laughs> <laughs> And you played it like two days later. You're like, listen, see, like, fuck you. Well, it was funny. Was you know, it was like Miles. That was the show he was on. He was our guest. Oh, okay. So he had no clue. <laughs> no idea. No clue what was going to go down that night. And, uh, uh, Miles says he sees you around town quite. Every long. once in a while, we run into each other. Yeah, Miles and Devin, a good guy, really good guy. Uh, he does a really, you know, what? There's a guy who does so much for uh, you know the, the, the youths. The Utes, <laughs> and the, the Cal State system that uh, just a wonderful, wonderful human being. Uh, who else? Allison Clark, she's a bicycle bicycle advocate. We had John Nunn, 1968 U.S. Olympian, bronze medalist. Jack Smith was an Academy Award winner. Val Lurch was the vice mayor of Long Beach. Uh, we had some council members who who were uh, Stephen Neal was in the ninth district. He, I think he came. No eighth. He's a huh? Neil, we called him. We yeah, but I, he had the ninth district after Val. Uh, Jason Reed, two-time U.S. Olympian gold medalist. Kim Gardner of Channel 3. We actually have a clip of Kim here talking about the first time, uh, I believe it's talking about the first time he heard, heard their band on the radio back in the days of uh, K-Rock. This is uh, Kim Gardner from Channel 3. In the early years of K-Rock when Rodney and the Rock was on. Right. You know, and we've gotten to know Rodney. Rodney's a friend of ours, and, and Rodney was playing strange things back in the late 70s, you know, playing The Clash and Pretenders and the Sex Pistols and just, you know, you'd hear Rock Lobster by the 52s and they're like, you're like, what's that freaky music, you know? And I remember on Saturday nights we would sit around and listen to Rodney's show because he played the coolest stuff. So this was like when we were still in high school. And it was at the time we were like, you know, I want to learn how to play guitar. And really what happens is that, you know, when you're a kid, unless you can lock yourself in the, in the bedroom and, and learn how to play like Jimmy Page or, you know, or whatever it might be, you know, and the reality is not many people can get there. Right. So what happened is when the Ramones came along and, and the Clash and all the other bands that we liked, we realized we saw some friends of ours in Cerritos play and we were like, they really, they were really horrible. And we were like, <laughs> if, fuck, if they could do it, I can do that. <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> yeah, I can do it. I can do it better. You know, so uh, no, the, the friends of ours played with the Germs at the time. They were a band called Stop from Cerritos, and we, um, you know, you went to the show, and they're still friends of ours. And we we said we were annoyed when we first went in, and by the time they got done, we were like re completely energized of like we're going to do this. Yeah. So that was after we got out of high school. It was like let's do this, and that's really how it kind of started. And the band formed, and we really were on. There was a whole wave of, of bands at the time, like. TSOL and Adolescence and Agent Orange. And, I mean, at the time, the Misfits were just starting and, and Social Distortion and Bad Religion. And, and some of these bands are, you know, bigger now than ever. Oh, yeah. And the thing is, is that we all used to play together when we were all just kids. And, we'd, you know, you'd play and you'd have all those bands on a bill. And, you know, we'd go anywhere. Right. We'd be like, wow, show in San Diego, let's go. <laughs>
And that was Kim Gardner from Channel 3. <laughs> Get it together, engineer. <laughs> yeah, we got shitty-ass engineer. Um, actually, Kim and I have known each other for, for years. We, we, um, we knew each other right out of high school. And uh, we both worked, uh, we both bagged groceries at a grocery store back in the day called Alpha Beta. And we were both going to Cal State Long Beach. And uh, he was in a band called Channel 3, and they were just starting out. And uh, it was great to see. And they're still playing. They, they, they play all the time. I'm, I'm, you know, they always got gigs. They're playing with a lot of these guys that he just mentioned. Uh, they still get together. He tours uh, Europe every year, uh, every summer. And, uh, you know, they all got families and, and regular day jobs. But uh, they're still able to go out there and play their music and still have fun. And, you know, you start talking about some of the people we've, we've had that, that uh, you know, play with a lot of different people and stuff. The Rolera brothers. Remember the Rolera brothers? Mm -hmm. We had Barry, and then we had Butch. And, uh, that was a good time. Butch. Oh, well, hey, I got a funny story that ties into that. Well, you get your mic back over here so we can hear it. Mic back over here. I got a funny story that ties into that. So my son is now playing in a jazz program called the Jazz Angels, and they do uh, this gig down at Roscoe's. Uh, at the Seabird Lounge. Not Roscoe's. It's Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Whatever, man. Roscoe's Chicken. I'm there often enough that I get to call it Roscoe's. Uh, and but the Seabird Lounge is where we are. And I thought it was called the Cotton Club. Uh, not for a while. No, yeah. no, not for a long while. It's, school, it's been Seabird for a while. <laughs> so anyhow, point. The point is, is my kid is there. <laughs> and um, I didn't know it changed. <laughs> it did. Um, and the guy who runs this program, nice guy named Barry, and Barry was talking about blah, 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 blah. And he says, we're about to do a song that blah, 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 blah. And it was, it began here with a bunch of local musicians, and he went on to explain this whole thing. And it tied right in with what Barry had told us about the Louis Louis song, right. Tequila. And so as we were walking out, like my kid was like, did you tell me? You met the guys. I was like, yeah, I sure did. And so it was it, it like it kind of came full circle. So well, I'm all excited now. I go, oh, his ass, all right. <laughs> yeah. all right. I got to educate my kid. <laughs> well, we come back after this clip. I would tell you my proud education moment. All right. Uh, Barry Rillera. This is Barry Rillera talking about. I believe he played with Ray Charles. He did. He did play with. The, yeah. What was that experience like playing with Ray Charles? Was it everything you hoped? Was it as oh, exciting man. and interesting as, as it seems like he, it would be? It, more. Yeah? Oh, he was the most amazing person I have ever met in yeah. my life. Uh, oh, first of all, it, I hope I'm not running on here. But no. no. <laughs> I call it, I get an audition to go up to Ray Charles. I don't know if you've seen the movie Ray, but they show his studio there. His office is up in L.A., the second floor is a recording studio. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I get go down there thinking I'm going to audition with the orchestra or with maybe at least a rhythm section. Well, I get up, go there, and all it is is Ray. <laughs> and he, you know, he says, come on. That's not intimidating. <laughs> he's sitting at the piano, you know, up in the studio. And he's got a guitar, and he's cool, you know. He says, what do you want to play? And I said, well, I like blues. And he said, let's play blues and I mean I was like just more interested in just listening to him play yeah, you know? yeah. I mean it was like sitting right there and you know, he's on the piano right next to him but uh, yeah that that was and he he uh, if you get around him and see uh, how he goes about his daily it was just uh, amazing I mean whatever he wanted to do 
he would do it. It didn't. And, uh, oh, one last thing that sticks out in my mind. One time he had a recording session up at the, his studio up there. And a uh, uh, famous arranger, Neil Hefty, was uh, conducting this thing. And I made the big mistake of coming late. Uh-oh. You don't do that. Anyway, needles, all I can say is he chewed me out royally when I got, I mean, I was so embarrassed. And there's all these, you know, there's a whole big band. Right. Strings, everything. So anyway, I'm trying to get set real quick. And I look up in the booth. And there's Ray behind the board, a lady secretary taking notes, and a band boy, and that was it. I mean, he ran everything. Wow. Yeah. You know, he'd tell the, uh, that's just typical of him, you know. He'd tell the band boy, you know, go there and move uh, mic number 19 or whatever, move it in a little bit, you know, a couple inches wow. or something. And, and um, he just, I mean, it, it, it it, by this time, I had seen him do so many things, you know, I just said, man, this is amazing. <laughs> well, one other thing, we were at a rehearsal once up in, up in L.A. When he did his actual jobs, it was kind of loose. It, he wasn't real, but his rehearsals were real intense. And um, he would pick apart arrangements. He'd try to arrange. So we're rehearsing, and... and um, got to this one part in the arrangement and he stops and he says, hey, uh, hey brother, third trumpet there. Uh, you, you see that bar, and he calls the bar number. See that bar number 114? You know, he's just sitting at his piano, you know. And uh, he said, oh yeah, brother. And he, he said, is that, a, is that a G in there or a G sharp? And he already knows where it is. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and the trumpet player said, oh yeah, brother, that's a, that's a G sharp. He said, yeah, that's what I thought. Let's try that again. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just shaking my head. Yeah. Know, right? That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, yeah. where they are we right now. We had brushed Tar and I were like racing. There's a big ass storm following us on, on the Doppler radar. And it's like we just make it in there. And then the next morning, the water's all brown. That voice you hear is Angela Madsen, as we call what do you say? She's a bad. She's a badass, right? Real American. Certified badass. real American yeah. badass. I got my woman Marine hat today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you uh, you definitely have to go back and listen to the shows. Uh, everything's archived. It'll still stay up. It's gonna. It's not going anywhere. It will be up forever. Uh, you know, Angela's got. She's been on them several times, and uh, you know, she's she she rolls across the ocean and competes in the uh, Paralympics, and uh, and she's always doing something something dangerous. It's because if I stop, rigor mortis sets in. <laughs> I keep moving. April Economides was on the show a few times. She's a bicycle advocate. Jordan Peace, a comedian, he was hilarious. Uh, Jordan, uh, he's, he's starting to show up on a lot of movies and TV shows now, and uh, we're happy to have him on. Uh, Charles Connor, he, was, he played with the Little Richards Band. He was a drummer. We had him on. We had Shelley Morrison uh, from Will and & Grace and her husband, Walter Dominguez. They've been on a few times. Uh, Marty Rooley was an author. And she pretty uh, much single-handedly got the uh, Natalie Wood uh, death investigation reopened. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that was that was a crazy right. show yeah. talking about Natalie Wood. Yeah. And then I think the Family Guy episode about Natalie Wood came on like not too long right after. <laughs> you know, well, because they listen to the show, then they go out and do a right, 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 right. cartoon based on what they heard. Seth MacFarlane was listening to our show. Exactly. Not an original thought in that guy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Except shell tunes. Shell tunes. <laughs> Andrew Peterson, uh, which is probably my favorite author, uh, current author. He's been on twice. He was on two weeks ago, as a matter of fact. Uh, writer of the Nathan McBride series. Uh, he's, he's always, he was always a great interview. Uh, Eric Davis. Melissa Cox and Rain Lee. They uh, they were on. They they did a, a, a we tour. We saw them in show. Uh, we saw show them in a show at, here uh, in Long Beach at uh, on Pine. There. What was the that? Blue Cafe. The Blue Cafe. Yes, indeed. Uh, Tori Alla. She uh, she kind of she kind of had you a little, uh, a little shaking there, man. She was telling you all about your. Uh, she's a uh, kind of like a psychic, but she's yeah. numerology medium, and a medium and stuff like that, and she's like. Yeah. Talking to you about your kid and stuff and everything, man. I was like, oh, well, she got it right. She got it right. <laughs> One of our favorites, uh, who's been on numerous times, is Steve Delamater. Oh, man. I, I love it. Every time we've had Steve on the show, it's been a great time. He, he, uh, he, he's a lot of fun. Uh, Little Miss Monkey Feet. Little Miss Monkey Feet. My my aunt's listening. Uh, I gotta sit up straight. That's right. <laughs> he had tax. Sit, sit up straight. Up straight. <laughs> Just busted out into some uh, ELO one time. Started playing right. telephone line. <laughs> you know, there's been so many people on. Too many to mention. And I'm not gonna try to list everybody because I I feel bad for people that I leave off. And uh, those are just some little highlights. Uh, people who've been on the show, uh, if I didn't mention your name, it's not because we didn't appreciate you. Uh, it's just because uh, we've had over 600 shows, and uh, you know we're just trying to we're trying to t- touch on a few things and couple, you know a few highlights, and plenty of things to do. We uh, we're still going to do a T Bone's timeout. And speaking of T Bone, this one is better to see visually on YouTube, <laughs> but this is the audio version of T Bone versus the Bumblebee. <laughs> Oh my god. Is it Bumblebee? That's a Bumblebee, man. Bone, you're up. <laughs> Alright. Well. <laughs> Don't interrupt your uh, Bumblebee you know, hunting. No, I'm right. sorry about that. I was just uh, distracted by uh, a little tag along we have here in the studio. But uh, he seems to be way late at the moment, so I think we're okay for at least a little while. Uh, <laughs> you always worry about the ones with stingers. <laughs> yeah, you know, I heard a buzz and I was like, we have a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Can't work under these conditions. Woo! <laughs> you know the great no, thing is I think possible. You I didn't. think my grandma just tuned in right before I got attacked by the bumblebee. Where did homeboy go? He went, he went straight up. I'm not even wearing a bright colored shirt. What he, the hell? He flew right at you, man. Yeah, he was he, you thought he was dead, didn't you? He heard me talk. No, I didn't mess with him. He was just chilling. I was leaving. I was leaving him be. Yeah, the, reason, the reason that one is so much better to see it visually. Because what, hap- what happens is, yeah, is, is he smacks the shit out of that bumblebee. And, and, he, thought it was good. and he thought he was good. And he starts talking there, and all of a sudden it takes off again. <laughs> and right at him. And I had these horrible flashbacks. You know. Flashback to the time when I was driving the delivery truck for the feed store. I had two tons of hay on the back of the truck. And the only guy who grew up in Southern California in Fallbrook could talk about driving a truck for the feed store. <laughs> oh, man. He also yeah. worked at a Christmas tree farm. You can do that pretty much everywhere. Yeah, but you know, the feed store. 
stung by a bee was in the face while I was driving a truck full of hay. So, I was amazed I didn't that didn't kill me that time. So, the bee just brought back a sudden burst of memories. Well, are you ready to do the last edition of uh, the Time Out, Dermot? Well, when you put it that way, no, but that's all right. I haven't been ready for these. You haven't been ready for years. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know that sound? It's time for sports with T-Bone's Time Out. Or as we say it here, it's T-Bone's Time Out. Well, folks, uh, I got to tell you, it's been, it's been a ridiculous time here over the last several years getting to rant about sports with pretty much no filter. Um, in a venue where occasionally people actually hear me. And, you know, I, I had dabbled in sports commentary in blog form years ago, knowing full well that no one was ever going to see it, you know, because this was like in the MySpace days, you know? So the only people that would see what I wrote were like the nine friends I had. Um, and only two of them really give a shit. Yeah. I, if it's like my blogs. <laughs> So, Correction. So actually, uh, it, it was a great thing and a terrifying thing to actually have a microphone in front of me while I say the things that were actually on my mind because, you know, I could get things out and some people might hear them. The problem is that some people might hear them and that they're archived for until the internet explodes. So <laughs> for those of you who have listened... End of time. For those of you that have listened to Swoops World for the last six years and T-Bone's Time Out for the last however long, uh, and if you're listening to this sometime out in the future, uh, don't hold it against me if I had said something terrible, because I know I've let a few fly, and I've loved every second of it. So it's, it's a fun time we have here, and I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do on Wednesdays for a while, but I'm sure I'll find something. In the meantime, we've got some college football right around the corner, and some people are, I guess, a little nervous about it, so they drink too much and then talk a bunch of crap in front of, in front of a microphone, in front of a bunch of people. No, no, I'm not talking about myself anymore. We're actually going back to what we talked about earlier with AD and Bob Case, yeah. Steve Sarkeesian likes his booze. That's cool. I don't, honestly didn't know that. Um, I, I, pegged, I pegged him as a square, but, you know, we're, we're hearing a lot of alleged back back channel, you know, inside information that the guy apparently likes to pound pound his booze and hey, if he needs if he needs yeah and that's the thing that you know AD and I apparently disagreed on. Which, I'm not buying the pill thing. I, I think I don't, I'm I guess that the old uh, oh you know I uh, I mix my booze with my pills. No yeah you don't have to mix your booze and pills Way, yeah, and you can you can absolutely mix your booze and your pills and not end up like that. Right. I mean, it is entirely possible to hold it together. Really? Because it could be a buzzkill. <laughs> <laughs> mix it in the two. 
That's half that. the fun. Half the fun's the experiment. What's going to happen this time? But yeah, I was I was a little puzzled when I saw that whole thing with Sarkeesian. You know, I didn't I didn't peg him as the type who was a partier. So uh, he went to Jim and Man U, man. Clearly, he can't handle it. I guess not. And you know, if he needs to go dry out for a season. Probably is doing the Trojans a favor because as, as much as I thought he was a square, I also thought he wasn't a great football coach. I'm thinking so. now they can bring in. Uh, uh, Let's go with isn't. Ogeron. Ogeron, right? Ogeron was the bomb, man. That's what I'm saying now. Ogeron they can bring got, back in. Ogeron, Ogeron got fucked. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. No, I agree. But here's the thing is now they got a good reason to bring him back. They'll send out Sarkeesian for a little while to dry up. Ogeron ain't coming back. I know. Was, he, I know. He, but I mean, it's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. You, what, you fire me? Well, go, go, go play yourself. <laughs> do they send football coaches to rehab? I don't really think they do. I mean, no, they fire coaches. They just fire coaches. Right? Go into self-imposed exile for a few months occasionally, and then they get back on the carousel somewhere else. So you know, you can always tell them what's with the rehab because they're always going around speaking on to like ESPN. high school students. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, on that topic, they're, <laughs> or, or they're you know doing the whole sell magazine subscriptions to keep their life back on track. You know, <laughs> um, you know. Oh, they baseball going on. <laughs> <laughs> on the topic of people who have made some mistakes and are coming back to, to educate other Chris people uh, and, and help them not make the same mistakes. Actually, uh, Maurice Claret. <coughs> Maurice. Maurice Claret. Who, shit away at right? Yeah, he went to Ohio, Ohio State, State. Uh, for a couple of years, <coughs> was uh, declared ineligible, fought the NFL for the right to enter the league. And uh, what? Before right? their three-year. No. They didn't win? They made him sit out for a year. Oh. And then he got drafted and didn't do much in the NFL. Um, and his 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 priorities and his attitude kept him from doing the things he should have done. He ended up spending some time in jail. And it was actually intriguing years ago while he was in prison. to, to he, he, he did have access to a computer mm-hmm. with the Internet. So he actually blogged the whole time he was in there. Well, if you if you're, and there if was you some, got your back up against the wall and you're facing the computer, you're probably in better, there's, better yeah, off. There's some fascinating stuff to read at the time yeah. on his blog. You don't need uh, a reason to get American History X. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brutal. Oh, exactly. That's where I was going with now, that. Yeah, that was good. I didn't deserve it. Really on the cot. It's okay. Now that now that he's out, <laughs> that's like naked and afraid. Didn't, didn't have <laughs> Edward Norton that experience. Naked and afraid XL. Uh, yeah, no shit. Dude, that shit's. It's like an old school T-Bone's timeout right here. It is. <laughs> yeah, here we are. I, I apologize. I take you off topic. No, 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 no. Head down. That's why I'm here. <laughs> head down and just plow through. <laughs> well, you know, Maurice Claret is actually now. Um, this this football offseason, he's actually been going around to several different college teams and talking to their to their teams to the players about how to not do the stuff he did. Is and he doing the old? Uh, he's not doing the Chris Carter thing where he tries to tell no, them no, to no, find no, a fall guy. Go with the old, the, uh, the old Ozzy Osbourne thing. There, there was like an episode Biden. of the uh, you know, the show they used to have the family the the, Os- uh, the Osbournes, and they're sitting at the kitchen table and he, and he told the kids you know. And don't do drugs, this, that, and the other, and, da, da, da. 
And then one of the kids goes, well, why, why, why? He goes, look at me! <laughs> this is why you don't do that shit! <laughs> Every time the Aussie talks, <laughs> Like, like, somebody asked if they could hit on his daughter, he came right to the fucking life. <laughs> I, I still think that he and Keith Richards are both clone versions of the real humans. Like, there's no way they're still alive. So who's Florette talking to? Well, in the last month, he's been at Florida State and Alabama and um, Texas A&M, I think. He's been at... So he's actually really out there doing... doing yeah, and... Doing the deal. What's in it for me, though? What's what's in it for him? To be doing for him, this? I'm sure he's getting some money, but he, he needs a job. Um, <laughs> is he gonna pay for it, or is he? I mean, he's, I think he is getting some compensation. Yeah, but he, I mean, he has he's got some businesses that he is involved in, but he's a guy who cannot be he cannot be the the signatory or the owner on any business because he's a convicted felon. Um, so he all of his business pursuits, he's got people working with him. Who are oh, he can go to Florida State then. Yeah. He can go to Florida. <laughs> no, he can do anything in Florida, man. That, I, I didn't get a chuckle out of that. Um, but no, you know, the guy, he's hes screwed up an awful lot, and he's, he's done some time, and it's nice to see somebody but he did his time. get some some redemption there, if it, even if it's too late for him. you know, He hopefully maybe can get some of that word out to people who don't want to hear it. Uh, trying to do, you know, you can do, do your time and she'll be thing. successful. Michael yeah. Vick pulled it off. Martha Stewart put it off. You know, there's a lot of people out there. Sure. <laughs> Bill Clinton pulled it off. Or took it off. Got a pair of Monica Lewinsky knee pads right here. <laughs> that was the biggest crime. <laughs> well, back to sports. <laughs> back to sports, exactly. <laughs> That was an Arkansas thing, uh, all right? Arkansas, Monica Lewinsky's yeah. ex-boyfriend's wife for president. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I like that one. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs> oh, here we are. It's going down. Yeah. Uh, Come on, bring it back. So there's a, there's back. a sports and talk show, I swear. And somebody had to make it. We're precipice. We've got bad preseason football going on. You know, we've got teams where 25 of the guys who are playing on any given week aren't going to be playing on the first week of the season. That's what I hate about preseason. Yeah? yeah it's yeah. not the season. It's preseason. Yeah, and they go, okay, all the... Uh, all right. They do all those. They do all those. Uh, what do you call those? Those uh, public, not a public. Uh, those feel-good stories about mm-hmm. this guy is, he's this and he's that. And he, you know, he had Tourette's and this and that. And he's a long snapper. This game, and then you know, he's released on Monday. Oh. <laughs> so I'm supposed, right. supposed to have this good feelings about the well, guy, and then he gets released. This year, this, game, this year there is a more intriguing than usual preseason story. It involves the San Francisco 49ers. And they're, they're lost, signing up an Australian rugby player by the name of Jared Haynes. Fogel? Wait, wait, no, he said San Francisco. Jared Fogel? Fogel? <laughs> no, no, he's no, San Francisco. Uh, and he said Australia. Fogel, what are we talking about here? What are you talking about? Here's your $5 dollar foot log. Listen to you, little prick. I'm just saying. <laughs> 
a rugby player in Australia for like the last eight or nine years. Well, what do you know about the Australian rules and football? He, is the, he doesn't the play rugby. Australian rules football. He plays rugby. Oh, rugby. Okay. Um, but he's on the. Uh, I don't know if he's played on the Australian national team, but he play he plays professional rugby. I mean, at the highest level. And he said last year he made a comment in an interview after after a game that, you know, I think I've done everything I can do in this sport. I want to try the NFL. And people laughed at him like you're it's different. It's a different sport. Like you're crazy and you're 32 or whatever however, however old he is. Yeah. And right now he's he signed with the 49ers back in May or whatever and. He went through training camp, and he's he's going through the preseason right now, and he's getting carries with the first team, like he's a running back, and uh, I mean he he's averaging like seven yards a carry, he's smashing people. He's it's just fun to watch. It's, I mean you don't see that many white running backs to begin with in the NFL, so it's already well, it's already got some flashback Friday or what? <laughs> uh, you mean he's a wing guy, it's, right? Or uh, yeah, but it's, it's cool to see a guy who just said, I want to do that. I'm going to go do it. Yeah. And he's out there doing it. I mean, and, it, and he's probably got a cool accent. He never played American football in his life. Yeah. He's just, I know I'm a good enough athlete to do that. I'm going to go. Yeah, it's a good crossover. I mean, yeah. I cross over from rowing to throwing to yeah. surfing to whatever I want to do. Apparently, so hand, why not? hand cycle and all that other stuff. I yeah. Mean. <laughs> <laughs> why not? We have lacrosse now. For people in wheelchairs. Oh, man. Ultimate contact. We can just smack in people with a stick. <laughs> stick it between the spokes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop, bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's as far as you're fucking going. <laughs> <laughs> that's like I was an MP and a drunk guy comes through on a motorcycle and insists on getting his bike and driving and stick my nightstick in there. It's like, hey, lacrosse. <laughs> <laughs> I told you to sit it down right there. <laughs> well, you know, the NFL preseason has its its things that are not entirely entertaining. It's it's glorified practice, and you know that's all it is. We talk about something we something that you hit on earlier, and I think we talked about with AD is the fact that the NFL wants to preach this. Oh, we we want to be you know guys doing the right thing, and we're not a bunch of thugs who beat women and whatever. But that's where the stories are, and the publicity and the stories are where a lot of the money comes from. And there's another interesting issue with the NFL this preseason, where late last several years they're doing these combined practices for a week or so before a preseason game. So oh, like, now the NFL's drunk. Don't fight. Yeah, so, so you get two teams that already are, they know they're going to play a game against each other on Sunday or Saturday. And... We're going to have you guys practice together for three or four days. <clears throat> team, you get one team by itself in the preseason during during camp, and they're going to have fights amongst each other already. Right. And then you get guys where I don't have to see this guy after this week. Like I'll definitely throw a punch at him. And they get all sanctimonious and, oh, we cannot approve of this when <laughs> these guys fight each other. You know what? Out of out of eight or ten of these arrangements that existed this preseason, I think there were fights in six of them. Well, now there's reality TV, isn't there? Yeah, they in the, I mean, the draft, they put it hard into knocks, the hard knocks, ballers, yeah. all yeah. the shows. Oh, all ballers is a great show. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I watched it the other day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, along with Hard Knocks and The Rock and all that. Yeah. Shit. So I mean, it, it all plays into 
what people actually are interested in about the sport, even though the NFL wants to pretend that that's... I mean, and it sounds barbaric, but yeah, people love the NFL because it's fucking brutal. Like we said, guys, guys are going to occasionally beat the crap out they, of each other. They like that total Sometimes they're girlfriends. I like that total diva show or whatever it is that has the women of the WWF. <laughs> so it's like, it, it, it's, it's, it's very interesting. It's, it's UFC meets Housewives of Orange County. It's this really interesting mix of human beings. There's a guy. My called, wife watches it. She's super into it. I sit back there and go, holy shit. Like, this is incredible. There's a guy. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I don't, because, don't let her see me. Dude, because everybody's, everybody's thinking that, you know, everybody calls it the W, you know, the, the professional wrestling thing. It's, oh, it's fake. You watch these reality shows about how hard these people have to train. Oh, no, and they shit. train their ass. Like, they are amazing athletes. Yeah. And they're actors at the same time. And they're all this other shit. Yes. And they get hurt and they finish their matches. And everything is all part of a storyline. They're all broken up. Yeah. It's their careers. craziness. I, I would, same with, uh, like, roller derby. I, I remember when I was a kid. It's at a roller derby match. You know, it's fake and it's stuff. And bearing, but I was, we were right on a turn. And the guy went to do the fake kick. Mm-hmm. And he, the the, the skate just plowed the guy's face. I mean, immediately his nose exploded, mouth exploded, anything. You know, you can call it fake all you want, but things happen out there. Yeah. And, and you're right, they're amazing athletes to start with. And, you know, they, of course, a lot of it's choreographed. But even choreographing, I mean, the chocolate chip dancers had to go to, chore- go, to go to dance school. Oh, for, yeah. Know, amazing. Amazing. I mean, pole I, dancers are amazing yeah. athletes. And, I, and I'm telling you, the, work, the workout. I love watching the oh, workout yeah, too. involved. Yeah, the workout involved in those things. There's a girl who periscopes her pole dancing. Dude, so, you really? Know, yeah, uh, in her house. Uh, but, uh, in her yeah, house. Yeah. With her kid in the child seat. No, no, no. no. She, she's, she's better now. Uh, <laughs> With the C-section scar. Yeah. With the C-section <laughs> scar. But, you know, it's it's a, a, the, 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 the athletic ability of all these Thank people you, is just uh, flat out amazing. One of my buddies that's on my race team, uh, Long Beach Ray, Long Beach Tracers, who, by the way, won the Baja 1000 last year. We had a truck for a while, so I... Yeah. Belmont here? I, yeah. Yeah, I'm on their race team. My co-driver in the race team. He works on them since I've known him for 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, but you guys had this conversation. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, we have. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still love you, Tom. But, uh, yeah, anyhow, it... <laughs> Tom, you got me, Tom! You got me, Tom! Back to you, t yeah. yeah. Tom, good for you, man. You got Not that local sports team. Uh, wasn't so good for that. Wasn't so good for that American League local team today. Um, Did Verlander go into the ninth inning with a no-hitter? He went into the ninth inning with a no-hitter, and all of a sudden Harold Reynolds started talking no-hitter, and I was actually still... I was getting in the car to go pick this guy up, and John and Ken were still on the radio. And Ken said something about, uh, "Oh, the Angels are about to be on the short end of history." And as he was finishing like, the Ken sentence, about baseball, like somebody that. hits a double. So he was reading. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, the Angels are in a little bit of a rough patch right yeah. now. As opposed to the Dodgers, Dodgers were on a six yeah. six game slide till yesterday, right? Five. Uh, it was five games. Yeah, I know, Francis. I'm going to the game on Friday, so I hope they win that one. I'm going to see play the Cubbies this weekend. You're going this weekend? Yeah. You're going this weekend? Yeah. Saturday. You going Saturday? No, I'm going Friday. I'm going Monday. All right. Dan, we got to get together on this shit. You guys are going to be there at the same time. You guys plan poorly. 
we did. Work that out. Lack of communication. Yeah. I don't think we ever made it to a ball game together in six years. No, we were going to go to Blair Field. We went, we went to and watch a game at Blair Field because I, I, I actually was going to blocks up the street from that place, and I've never been. And I lived in Long Beach since 1980. It's a great stadium. It's a great place. Yeah, I was going to text you a couple weeks ago because I saw the uh, the area code. Was oh right. yeah, I drove by. I was going to save my special first time for you guys, and you didn't call me. I played ball. <laughs> Did you say with a woman? Yeah. Well, yeah I mean, T-ball. That was with a forty-year-old. Why are there? Why are there more, <laughs> more injuries in the NFL season this year? Is what they're talking about today. Huh. She's more receivers in the NFL preseason than they can remember. Well, why is that going on right now? I think it could be a few different factors. Shoulders, One, knees, everybody. Yeah. Um, there, There is a little bit of a perception, I think, among some people in the NFL that you've got some guys who have just decided that they're not going to participate in the preseason. And they're not taking enough juice plus. Uh, that's all, yeah. That's obvious. <laughs> yeah, juice. Or juice for that matter. They want to heal So, for instance, we had Jordy Jordy Nelson from the Packers right, ripped, right. ripped his knee up the other day. Right. He's out for the season. Um, and uh, what's the guy? The kid from the Cowboys who just did yeah, the same thing. Did the same thing. Um, you know, coming off of an outstanding rookie rookie yeah, season and, too. For one thing, football is a freak sport where you get, you're asking your body to do things that it shouldn't do with the amount of size that you put on it. Most of these guys put an amount of muscle on their frames that is unnatural, and and then they do things with it against... The f- physics are not on most of these guys' sides, I mean, in terms of what their knees are asked to do. Well, um, when you put... Knowing, knowing people who are into the juice and stuff over the years... <laughs> Um, when you put that much mass of muscle on, and it happens quickly, your joints, your, yeah, your, and your, joints, your, your ligaments, ligaments don't get a chance to catch up. Exactly. And whether they're whether they're putting the mass on, you know, with cheating or whatever or not. I didn't say anything about cheating. There, or yeah, you know, the juice, <laughs> the juice plus. We can't run the good name of Juice Plus in the mud by by putting it in the same sentence as you know PEDs. Okay, while it enhances your performance, it is not a performance. As a paying customer, as a paying customer, paying. I guess you're allowed to do whatever you want. No, no, as one who pays to go see him play. I don't give. I honestly don't give a crap what it takes you to do. To no, get they're to, entertainers, to, baby. Yeah, yeah, sports entertainment. Man. Um, <laughs> they can pay big uh, money to destroy their money. You know what I'm saying? Like, sorry, that's what the like wrestling. For. Like, like wrestling. wrestling. I'm doing it for free. What's it going to be? Paralympics and what? <laughs> do you guys get tested? You guys? All, all the time. I'm in USADA. Even when I go ocean rowing, I have to send them my latitude and longitude every fucking they day. They can show up when they want to. Well, even, yeah, even though they don't the come ocean, out but there. Yeah. But, but yeah. Yeah, they can show up whenever they want. I have to do my whereabouts. Right. The apps have got Yeah, it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like somebody just shows up and it's like, add you a jar. You're halfway through your row. Here, fill that up, Roy. That's what they do. Wake up at 6 in the morning and it's like, I've already gone. I win at 5. And they do. They sit around and wait. And they don't let you out of their sight. They don't let you out of their sight. Unless your organization is the same way. 
and then they do. He can afford the better science. Kind of how it was when he won Jay's probation. I can't afford the better science. I work for an organization that's completely the opposite. The Wild West. Yeah, it's kind of like, man, man, you do what you gotta do to make the sale. Yeah, yeah, close the deal. That's all right. You know, preseason football, you've got a lot of guys who are proven players in the NFL already who really shouldn't be spending more than a couple of series playing during a a preseason game. Um, But I think the problem is that you have some guys who just say, I'm not even participating in that. I'm going to be in street clothes the whole time. So then you've got guys who maybe don't make the big money like them and they don't the they don't want to be perceived as some kind of diva, so they say, like, I, I want to be in there for the first half. They play more than they probably should when their body's not quite ready for it yet, and they still want to go full speed. And they're playing against guys who realistically sometimes are not going to make a roster and are out there doing whatever they can. I mean, they're like playing against Rudy. You know, they're guys who, who are out there yeah. who know that the, the chips are against them, and they're trying to do anything they can to make an impression, and they will... I'm not saying they'll take a cheap shot, but they're going to get their best shot from those guys when they're playing they do harder than the other guys are playing. Well, let yeah. me ask you this. Yeah. It, I, I, I know the flip side is because I worked with a guy who was the opposite of what I'm talking about. But the average, why would the average person, the average fan, pay to watch a, season, a preseason game? I, I worked with a guy that he, he, was, he was the total opposite because he was. All the time, every week, he was like, "Oh, reading the transition sections in the sports, you know, the sports page," and he, you know, he he would go watch the the practices out in uh, Oxnard and stuff, you know. He's a cowboy fan. And, you know, he's actually a 49er fan, but he he watched whatever, whatever, and he'd go places and and see what was going on and this and another, and and he would keep notes, and he was totally in to his team, and he'd been that way since he was a kid growing up, and now he's you know in his 60s, but besides him. Why did the average person, the average fan, and I'm not talking about the fly by night fan, but I mean, somebody's, because I, when I had season tickets to the Raider games, I had season tickets to preseason games, yeah. and they, they won every preseason game and proceeded to lose half the season. Uh, you know, but right. why would the average, the average fan spend money, non-season ticket holders, spend money to go to a preseason game? Isn't that the um, same reason why people spend money to go to baseball? Uh, uh, well, Some winter league baseball games. It's it's different because That's in, the, different. in the NFL, you know, I tell you what, you you they they charge the same price as they charge for a regular season game, for a preseason oh, game. So really? if you go to a Chargers game, if you went to the Chargers game last week against whoever they played in the preseason, you were going to pay 120 bucks for a nosebleed seat Whoa. to that game. They charge the same price, face value tickets. So if you buy it from the box office, I mean. The problem is, well, not the problem. They, if you buy season tickets for an NFL team, you're not buying eight home games. You're buying ten home games because you have to buy those two preseason games too. Mm-hmm. Um, so people that buy season tickets for for their favorite yeah, it's NFL team, deal. I mean, they, if they don't want to go to those games, they dump them on StubHub for, for 30 bucks. 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah. There was so no StubHub back in my day. There are there are deals to be had for it, but the whole thing is the NFL is so. They look at preseason in such a ass backward way in so many things. If they truly want it to be about developing players and giving guys a chance to make a roster or at least get their face and, and their skills and their name out there, then they should be trying to maximize the people who get in the stadium too and really get a game time atmosphere. 
And when you have 20,000 people in a 70,000 seat stadium because nobody actually wants to pay 120 grand to see a game that doesn't matter, regardless of who's playing in it, it could be all the starters for the whole game, and it, the game doesn't count. So even if it's all the starters, they're not really carrying that much anyway. The, the fans can sense it. The players know it. Oh, and who, you know, who you don't play plays a lot of strategy into what the season's mm-hmm. going to be like if you're into football pools and things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can kind of read who they're who they're saving mm-hmm. by who's going to you know perform in the season, and yeah. So there are there are defensive you know, and offenses. So there's a strategy. That's, that's the opposite. Yeah. So, like you know you're talking about so there are some, yeah, yeah, spring training. Baseball. If you're a bad person, you're seeing legitimate you know, players play. Uh, you know, it's it's even like when I used to I go to uh, yeah, but one or two innings. But, I mean, but when even when I go to minor league games, you see guys rehabbing and stuff. You see legitimate players play. When you talk about preseason football, you might see a guy for one series or maybe just one set of not even a uh, not even four downs. You know, yeah not Two even downs. four downs yeah. exactly first and yeah second it, that's it. It, it, it it's just to say that you know well, yeah, well you had him out there, thing, so. yeah. yeah well and and that's what sucks about twice it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and we've talked about this many times the nfl if they want to make the preseason something that people don't despise which i'm not entirely convinced they do because they continue to thumb their nose at the fans and really the teams on the whole thing. They're not doing what anyone wants. Um, but if they wanted to make the preseason something that was not just a dirty, rotten tease, then they would charge 20 bucks to get in, you know? Yeah. Let I mean, they would sell out Let every the people game. who can't afford to go to the yeah. regular season make it, make go it to the like, preseason. Make it like minor league baseball, because that's what it is. It's minor league football for four weeks. Minor league got baseball the is only fun. The only realistic venue for these guys that have gone through college sports, there's no alternative professional football league in the, in the United States anymore. Arena league? Arena league is not. It's a completely different beast. I mean, it me, really is. They, let me tell you, when that's, I, some way, that's a place where guys go. Mm-hmm. And they, but it's not the same thing. It's a completely different if, sport. If the NFL wanted to fill stadiums, they could give away, say, the entire top level of whatever stadium to like uh, underprivileged and, uh, create, and create fans and create fans, right? And, right. and just or you like, could get blind goal ball in there. You guys crash into each other all the time, <laughs> and they don't have pads on. You, it's a much tougher sport. Well, <laughs> and much a, fun to watch. I've been a ton, uh, I've been a ton of minor league baseball games. <laughs> In the U.S. and outside the U.S., but in the U.S., I'm in my seat for less than 15 bucks. Now, when I start buying beers and, and food, it's still it's then still, you buy 10 you're beers still, you're still and you're stated. up to like 40 bucks. Yeah, you're still you're, you're still playing a little bit more than what you should be paying, but still less you're paying than, more than you pay you're paying at, the at Dodger Stadium store. and everything else, right? Yeah, but less so, than you would pay at a bar. But you could, yeah, you you can you can go to a minor league game and, and be in and out of there for under 30 bucks yeah. easily. And if you're out of the country, it's even cheaper. And, yeah. <laughs> and you get to see, like, you, you were just, I was going to say, that's why I saw Manny, Manny Ramirez play for the, who did I say, Utah, whatever. Who does the, the Iowa Cubs. Iowa Cubs or some crap like that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I saw Ricky Henderson at the uh, Bridgeport. Yeah. He's he, playing against uh, the Bridgeport Bluefish. Yeah, he was the Newark Bears or something. Newark. Not the Bears. Camden River Sharks. It might have been. Uh, I think All I know is I was there for the, the for the Bridgeport team because that was where I lived close to. Him. But I, I think the boner sang the national anthem when Jose Canseco played for the Long Beach Armada. Armada. It wasn't the game that Jose Canseco played in uh, because he only played one game for the uh, Long Beach Armada. Did you remember all the words or grab your crotch? Mm, the first one. 
Uh, and the, the first the first time I sang it. Oh, I, you did it more than once. I did it twice. Yeah. Look at you. Um, and because one of our fraternity brothers was an. He was like the marketing intern for the army. Did you sing an acapella or did you have the music band? Oh, acapella. What? Oh, fire it up, man. No, no. <laughs> I, can't make, I can't make a mockery. We can that's, sing. That's one of the greatest things about being an elite athlete, getting on that podium with a gold medal and having that anthem play. That's, you just, you know, and the cameras just zoom by you and you don't want to be like, you know, saying the wrong words or anything. <laughs> you know I, I always salute because I'm military, mm -hmm. so. It's gotta be. It's gotta be a great feeling on that podium. Right? Oh, it is. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's all please. your kind of hard work kind of paying off. Not, Tom, not Tom. our last rodeo. Fifteen minutes. You couldn't hang for the last fifteen, huh? Wait a minute. I thought we ended at ten, and I was hanging on for after. Yeah, we go to eleven minutes. Oh, I, I can't do that. I haven't fudged on the. 15. I gotta get up at five. <laughs> Twenty-two minutes, but that's all right. <laughs> if you hang on too long, you miss your dismount. I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> I will. That hurts. And that hurts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, Angela, when you when you when they, when, they, when you go, you know, when you uh, you know that you've won, you know that you've won your event, uh, or. Are <laughs> are going to be on the podium. Uh, how much time in between the end of the event before the uh, ceremonies? Oh, there's usually a lot of time. Sometimes it's the next day if your event's late at night. Um, sometimes it's like uh, maybe an hour or two hours. So you have time to change your clothes, get on your podium gear, Go and then you get to a call room. You have to be at the call room. Like when you're going to compete in your sport, you have to be call room an hour before. Same thing with the um, medal ceremony. You have to be there in the call room in an hour before. So they keep you in a little locker room. You get to change your clothes, put on your podium gear, and then go out there. Now, are the Olympics next year? Yes. And did, did, did this qualify you for the Olympics? Um, I could still not be chosen for the team, but there's, uh, I'm really on track Good. to make my third Paralympic performance. Nice. At Rio so you're going to Rio? Yeah. Rio. Yeah. You're going to get on naked and crazy out there in Rio, are you? Well, no, but the naked and crazy part. I mean, I know I row naked, but there's nobody around rowing. Um, so but, tell, me, tell me about, you know, there's been a lot of stuff in the news. Uh, I, I've been reading about the, the high-level pollution in Brazil and in Rio and stuff like that. We're talking about swimmer time. We go the water and all this stuff and how disgusting it is. Like, I mean, they're talking about, like, the disease-filled water. The yeah, sewage raw sewage just dumps into the bay there, and the U.S. sailing team has refused to sail there. It's like surfing a jetty. It's the, la the last that I've heard is the, the U.S. sailing team has refused to sail there. I think because of the ri risk of uh, hepatitis C yeah. and other um, related to sewage kind of diseases that you can get from the water, I don't think there's going to be, I think the swimmers are going to protest, too, the open water swim. And the sailors have already said, shit, we're not going to sail there. They had some kind of event last year. So what does that mean? They just cancel that event as part of the Olympics? Or? Uh, no, they have to clean up the water. They have to clean up the water. So they're going to have to invest some... Uh, Big um, money in, yeah. in, uh, in some kind of uh, sewage... But, but see, it doesn't matter. See, that stays, and that's a benefit to the people and a benefit right. to the environment for the, for the ongoing. For, uh, yeah. So... It's all worth it to do that, but they haven't done it yet, so... Yeah. Interesting. Okay. It's always a bummer when it takes something like this to make it 
actually happen, but hey, when we it were, happens, it's good. In 2008, we were competing in Beijing, and we weren't allowed to wear masks, and the air was dark, air gray, was crazy, and yeah. black, and even with the, the plants, yeah. they shut down the power plants so that the air would be better. Did they keep it? It was still the same color as one of those Neko candies, Ugh. and it Ugh. smelled like metal. And we weren't allowed to wear masks. Why weren't you allowed to? Uh, it was a, an PR insult. Stuff, yeah. Can you do this? PR stuff that was an insult. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, if you do, we're caught doing that. Society. It was bad. Yeah. Bringing your shirt up over because I used mm -hmm. to do that. Yeah. I do that when I sneeze, and I also yeah. But. You know, as a as a as an amateur athlete, which the Olympians are, um, you know, all that travel and equipment and training and, and stuff like that. It, it, it incurs a lot of cost. Does the Olympic Committee help out at all? Or, I mean, you guys, I know there's there's limitations on whether or not you can be sponsored or or things like that. How, I mean, seriously, how how do you how do you cover the cost for a lot of these things? It, it's really difficult. I mean, the national team they don't allow you to do certain things with uniform, have the logos, the sponsors. In fact, when you get to competitions, they tape it all over. Um, so, I mean. You're pretty much on your own until you make a national team and then the stipend, but there's a disparaging difference between Olympians and Paralympians. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if they won a gold medal, it would be $25,000. They'd have to pay taxes on it, of course, but a Paralympian would only get 5000 But yet, the, all the training, all the equipment, everything else would... It's all the same. Cost the same. Yeah. Well, actually, we incur more costs because our equipment is more expensive and different. So, it would cost us more. Um in the long run but being an elite athlete it's like um, that doesn't matter you don't look at that you look at the end game mm -hmm. you look at um, the accomplishment you look at there's a self-satisfaction that no amount of money is going to make a difference right and the love for the sport and the love for competing in the sport the love for the training the dedication the commitment um there's no amount of money that, it, it, even though there's a disparaging amount of difference, all those other parts are the same or even more because you had to work harder to get there, right. because you had to pay more to get there. I mean, you, you take yourself up on a higher level just because of the degree of difficulty you have to do. It's like diving. The higher the degree of difficulty you get, the greater the score. Right. And it's the same with us. You know, it, it, and, and, I, and I think I speak for all of us here, you know, the appreciation that we have for the, the abilities that people like you have. I mean, I, mean I, I drag my fat ass in the gym every day, and I work out, and, I, and, and I'm sweaty and tired and hungry, and nowhere near have I put in the effort that you put in on a daily basis. And, and, and to, you know, to see what you, what you, what you athletes do, and then to watch you compete and then see the accomplishments you make, even the people who, who don't podium, the the effort, the effort and the athleticism is still there, and it's just it's just amazing, and you know it just is so much admiration for your abilities and, and what you do and, and and the amount of effort you put into it and the dedication you have to have to do that, you know. Uh, yeah, not everybody can be number one in the world, and there's really no difference between Paralympians and Olympians, maybe. Yeah. You know, no. visual impairments, limb deficiencies. We're not the Special Olympics. No. You know, we're Olympians. Yeah. And we the just happen to be having a different name, but we're the same. The dedication involved is amazing because, you know, you know, we we've talked. You know, we we all played. You know, on a, on a high level, 
in our conferences and stuff, and in, 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 uh, you know sports we played, and in, uh, you know, in like you know, Tebowney was he was recruited out of high school and stuff like that. And you know, you you, th you look at the the effort you put in and the dedication you put in, and then you look at the people who, who uh, we talked about the other day. You, you could look at somebody and go, wow, they, we're on the same team, but this person is just they're at a whole other, a whole nother level. <laughs> and but and and I and, and I follow. There's people I follow in various sports, and you you look at how much they put into it, whether it's diet, the time of day they get up, the amount of training they put in, and, you know, the rest they have to get. The sacrifices they make, you know, you know, someone with, with their families and stuff, you know, it's it's a lot, and yeah. it's, it's and I'm not and I'm telling you, most people don't have that, and most people they might have it in other areas, but the physicality on your body is yeah. Uh, is a whole you travel around, you get to see the world, you get yeah. to see the inside of your competition venue. Your family's not allowed to be there. You're separated the whole time. You can't leave Athletes Village. You know, you have what's inside and that's supposed to be your only support so when you go to these games it's like um, you're completely segregated and cut off from the world your focus has to be yeah. like on what you're doing which is very very similar to the military and I'm a military person so I kind of fit right into that right. and I've been an athlete all my life so um, you know and I'm, I'm 55 and I'm still yeah, I'm still doing it so <laughs> and I'm I don't want to say I'm broken. I'm altered. I'm altered. I'm severely altered. And I'm still doing it. Yeah. So, I mean, the body is amazing. And the body will do a lot of things um, when you when you need it to. And when you push yourself to that level. So, even injured. I mean, so, I mean, I just add chiropractic care to it. Sports massage. I add all these other costs to it. And all these other things. Because I know that's what I have to do if I want to get on that podium again. And especially at 55, you got to look at the health and the wellness and the chiropractic care and all the medical side of it too. Especially, I've got tears in my shoulders. You know, I wrote across fucking ribs. oceans. It's like I pop out ribs. It's like it's like pain. You know. But you do so many different. I mean, you know, we, we we talk about it. We've talked about it over the years in the show. You know, when you're not even when you're not even here, it's, it's the admiration we have for you. I mean, you, you just talked about it. I mean, you row across oceans. You compete in the Paralympics. And, you know, you, you throw the shot, you throw the javelin, you throw the discus, you know, you surf. You, you know, there, there's, there's, there's not too many things that you don't do or haven't, you know, and I don't do on a high level. I mean, it's not like you just don't do things. You do these things, and you do these things on a high level. And, yeah. And it's just, it's, you know, like I said, for us sitting back looking back, I mean, when you're, like, when you're a runner, you know, from here to Hawaii, Every every week, that was the first thing we talked about, even before we went on the air. It was just like, oh my god, you know, where is she now? And I mean, every day we we're checking to see where you were and how far you got. And it's just, I don't, I can't even imagine. It's an amazing thing to be um, like the only paraplegic in the world that rows across oceans. It was amazing to talk to the school kids about it. It was amazing to call you guys every week and, and share that with you. And I thank you for being there because, you know, it's like when you're out in the ocean, it's, you're a thousand miles away from land and there's no real support or anything going on, so you kind of cut off. And so that was that was good to be able to call you guys and, and laugh and have fun. And We hung up on AD one time. Flying fish. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you got to go. We got a real, fish, we got a real, we got a real we, superstar going. We, we do apologize to Deb for using up all of your sat phone minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was an expensive bill. <laughs> You know, I'm still paying for that. I made the mortgage my house. <laughs> <laughs>
but you can have I have no minutes left over for the next one, so I need a goddamn sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> now how am I going to find one without you guys? Uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll do what we can do. <laughs> we we'll yeah. have to come back on for that. Timo, where you at? <laughs> you know, because there will be a next um, one. The next solo row will be after the Paralympics, so I'm going to... And... i got to do it solo. I cannot wait for the solo, for the next solo row, because... I gotta tell you, I mean, I've been to some very cool sports events in my in my life. Um, I'm a I'm a hopeless sports junkie, and I've been fortunate enough to attend in person several cool games and events. Um, I've been to national championship games and you know fun things. And when I got to be there at the dock to watch you and Tara sail, that was row, cool. Row off into the sunset um that was just that was something that it's not a once in a lifetime because i'm doing it again (laughs) but i'm doing it solo so that's gonna be a once in a lifetime so that was a once in a lifetime then but it was funny you know what i i I actually when you guys took off i rode my bike up there so i i took off and i tried to find you thanks for the handlebar tape by the way (laughs) (laughs) i tried to find you when you went by still beach now and i don't Either I got there before you went by or after you went by. All I know is I got dark and I said, well, fuck it, I'm going home. <laughs> yeah, we didn't, we didn't make that trip by Seal Beach. We had a surfer's paddle out from M&M Surf School. All the guys went out and paddled out. Uh-huh. But the uh, currents and the winds just weren't favorable to head down that way. Uh-huh. It's like, no, we're going straight out west. <laughs> but not quite. But, yeah. Close enough. Yeah, it was the plan. 185 degrees. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a, a heck of a good time talking about sports and whatever all else comes up in conversation. Um, it's a good time of year to take a break because I'm about to be rabid and uh, <laughs> irrational for the next three and a half, four months. So I wouldn't trust myself to be the, you know, cool, impartial, objective observer that uh, you would all expect and know from me by now. So. Well, I don't think we ever expect, expected <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> I like and the other I, angle. Nor had you ever been, but uh, we'll be aware of that. <laughs> well, um, at this point in the year, I'm going to go ahead and give you a hang loose, because I don't have any right. anything else to talk about sports-wise tonight. Uh, yeah, just let's talk Swoops World tonight. <laughs> yeah, we wrap things. Up. You know, first of all, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna thank C Liv for for coming in, yeah, man. hanging. Uh, we had a lot of fun, had a lot of fun, and I, and you know, I frequently uh, will listen to what's playing on, you know, because it plays twenty four seven. Right. Uh, frankly, listen in, and the moment I log on, I just hear you laughing. And I was like, I, no, not like that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, it always brings a smile to my face. And, you know, we all, all of us, had some good times. You know, everybody who's here right now, we had some good times here, and uh, it's been a blast. Well, no doubt. And listening to some of the recaps, I could have been way more inappropriate than I was. <laughs> so I'm kind of a little disappointed, and I'm looking forward to coming back if you ever started. Yeah. You know, it, and it's the thing is, is, is this 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 is a chapter that's is, is when it's done. I mean, we've 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 had it. We run it. It's run its course. Uh, 
broadcasting's kind of my blood, and I'm sure uh, like, I, I got a I got a big bike ride I've got planned for for this year. But uh, you know, uh, regardless of all that, you know, I'm sure I'll probably end up broadcasting again. You know, probably in first of the year or something, maybe. Uh, not in this format, maybe uh, you know, once a month or a couple every couple of weeks or something. I don't know. Depends on what's going on. I mean, it, it, there's a whole lot of things we all want to do in our lives. You know, uh, you know, the newlywed. Pretty soon you'll be like this guy. You know, I, I have a little, little, little married little, with children. Little, I got, I got pictures of him with little P-Man. Little T-Bone running around, and he, you know, he's got kids that are, you know, they need a lot of attention now. They're at that age, and uh, and you know, my, we're all in different stages in our lives. You know, my my kids are all pretty much grown now, and they they got. They have nothing to do with me. So there's things that I there's things that I wanted well, to I do. Well, I need a good PR guy for my next row. If <laughs> there you want to get started on that now, you know. Uh, well, well I'm busy gone. trying to make my Paralympic dream come true. You know, you can have me all ready to launch. Exactly. Uh, so right after the Paralympics. <laughs> Let's fucking do it. launch me. Let's do it. So, you know, there are things that I have the chance to do now that I wasn't able to do, you know, before. So we... We all got things going on, and, but uh, this isn't, you know what? I remember the look this, the look on his face when I said, let's do a radio show. <laughs> and that look has that never really it's left never gone, his face. It's never gone away, yeah. really. <laughs> I don't think his face ever changes, but, does you know, it really? No. Ridiculous. you got you to understand that uh, <laughs> 10 years ago, about, yeah, 10 years ago I met Peter at a coffee house, and I met Peter. He's one of my coffee house. Uh, huh? Your coffee house. I had a coffee house about 10 years ago. Peter was one of the first customers I had, and he was one of the first artists at the show, and and uh, we became really good friends, and uh, and it became our coffee house. As he really, he did a lot. He did a lot of work there and helped me out with a lot of things. And you know, after that, we went on other things, and we, you know, we, we, we started first Fridays, regardless of what anybody says. We started first Fridays, <laughs> along with uh, Krista, and. Uh, you know, based on what we had been doing at the coffee house, and uh, we we got it started, we got it to start to grow, and we handed it off. And the people who are running now have done a fantastic job with it, far more than we could have done because uh, we didn't have a budget for it. But uh, we're proud of that, and we're proud of the things we did after that. You know, we we started a nonprofit and uh, put and did a lot of work with kids. And uh, Peter's a chess master, damn near, and. Uh, we, uh, we we taught kids how to play chess and and did a lot of things with that and opened, did some art shows and we were proud of that and the next phase of that was the radio show and uh, which he wasn't really on board with and I don't know if he ever really got on board with but he's a trooper and he he hung in there the entire time and and, uh, and I want to thank you for indulging me in that shit man it's, it's thank you for your fun. studio <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's an awesome studio I love it studio and, uh, right now. You know, right. and, and through the radio show is how we were able to meet these two fine gentlemen right. here. Right. It was and, uh, it was Karina that introduced us. Karina introduced I had dinner with her the other night. She though. she was one of the first on board with uh, with First Fridays. Uh-huh. She was our yeah, she was, she was our there. first guest on the show. We got hooked up with you guys because Taylor and I did that progressive dinner with LB Food That's Review. Right. Right. With the factory and Nino's, Nino's, and then Phil Trainies. <laughs> That was a drunken disaster, dude. It was so much fun. Like everybody still says, you know, 
That was like seven years ago. We need to do that shit again. We got a camera that was so much fun. We got a keg on the bus. That was a blast. You guys on the big red bus, too. Uh, yeah, big yeah. red bus with a keg. That's why I couldn't talk too much trash on Sarkeesian, because we were running that event that night, and I was plastered. I was, oh, so was I. She so didn't have... You weren't you weren't standing in front of paying tuition paying parents. Well, <laughs> I, I had my future in laws there that night. Um, oh, but, but you didn't know, dude. That. I've seen you. I've seen I, just, you, I didn't I've know seen you at the time. Then, dude, <laughs> nothing's changed much. No, yeah, but, I mean that was a very fun, <laughs> very I'm very irresponsible man. moment in life, and. Yeah, when all of our friends, have, a lot of our friends have mentioned like, "Oh, you guys need to do that again," and I'm like, "Someone else can grab it this time and do it." Because if I have to be in charge of that shit, I'm not gonna have fun this time. Because I, 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 I may or may those, not be down to do it again. <laughs> I woke up the next day and I was like, "Wow, we actually kind of pulled it off." Oh, we used to know. But I got really, really drunk. And I had that feeling like, what did I say? Yeah. Uh, did I do something I shouldn't have? I've had that after we left here. I have that every Wednesday. I have that after every major accomplishment I ever do in my life. Wow, I really fucking did that. Holy shit. That's when we first started doing the show. I used to listen all the time. After I used to listen to the show all the time after the show. Because, you know, we, we partake a little bit here and there. And I'm like, what the, always, what the fuck did I say? The, the, the show started, yeah. and then it... I'm usually good, through, I'm good with the first guess. I'm really... Uh, that was always... Fun. It was when we hit beer free. Yes. That's when <laughs> we started. Uh, <laughs> that was hours ago. We've talked about some of the... We've talked about... We have talked about some of the great moments of the show. Let's talk about the PMO. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, baby! I love the PMO! Yeah, uh, was that the inaugural? So it was like that was, I think that was the inaugural. Yeah, 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 dude. The PMOs, peanut butter, butter, mustard, and onion sandwiches. Peanut butter, mustard, and onion. I wasn't around for that. It sounds like a real gut bomb. That was our first night on Z Talk. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was our first. Was the fuck Z talk? Was peanut butter onion? Yeah. Okay. The, the, the program did you listen to our show? <laughs> <laughs> you know, fucking so stoned. It was funny because you're out there pop boxing the Mercedes I, in the I, driveway. I would, I, would get these, I would get these texts from Stacy. That's three F bombs. I'm like, oh, well. yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what? We tried. Yeah, I mean. They, they never said not to, they just said. They prefer They prefer frowned upon. They frowned upon. I was frowned, frowned upon. upon. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> that was our last night. Yeah, actually. we had these guests just sitting there like, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of hostility. Yeah. Miles, because we had this great interview with Miles. He's talking about, you know, we do this, we go to Sacramento, we do this, we do this. And okay, now we're going to go to this other station, because we were doing two stations then. We did the blog talk. The and simulcast. Yeah. That's right. That's right. So we're going to go to Z-Talk. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of lit them up. That was fun. That was fun. <laughs> and, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, uh, you know, but Boom doesn't like to like to advertise it, but, you know, we are frat boys, right? Like, I mean, it is what it is, right? You guys are tied in with the mayor of the big city. Hey, I was just going to say that. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome when you think about that, like, uh, My- Miles, in our fraternity, head of the CSSA, 
about to get his doctorate. Robert Garcia, the mayor of Long Beach. We were, I, Taylor wasn't there yet, but I mean, I was standing in that dude's, you know, uh, studio apartment on Ocean Boulevard doing Kearns, Nectar, and Bacardi shots. <laughs> you know? Did you and say I mean, Kearns, Nectar, and Bacardi yeah, shots? Well, I mean, he, he, he is gay. You know, he's out. He wasn't then. Hey, now, now, and, now, and, now. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't be generalizing <laughs> what gay people drink. No, but he was also a log cabin Republican in our relationship. Republicans drinking cherry nectar and well, Bacardi you know, shots. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, I'm just I don't know what the hell they're drinking. They all gone bat shit crazy. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, uh, Jeremy Harris, who runs the uh, the Long Beach Chamber of Commerce, uh-huh. was the vice president. Another Delta guy. Delta guy. He was president. You guys had a president. You guys actually had you had a U.S. president. Yes. Was who was it? Uh, oh, dude. Yeah, that was a pledge of very long time ago. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> who was it, Boner? Taft or somebody no, like that? The, Harrison. Harrison, was it no. Harrison? Delta Kai's only been around since 1890, so. Delta Kai had a president. I'm pretty sure I, I actually researched I, I know that, that uh, is it Kenny Chesney is a Delta guy? Uh, no. Yeah, one of them is. No, he sings a song where that gets Not a president. Yeah. Not the president of his tractor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If there's He's a president, it's a recent one. Because, like exactly. I said, he, I mean, recent, like in the 20th century. Kai spoke in the CHI. CHI. Harrison was recent. He's 20th century. Which one, Benjamin or William Henry? He's the 20th. For sure. But I, I will say. I don't know. This I, came up once before. I, that's what. That's the name that sticks in my mind. I, I have done. Uh, I have sold five houses to uh, real estate or to uh, to fraternity brothers over the last year and a half. That shit has paid me back every month. It, it, everybody says that in fraternity you pay for your friends. My friends have paid Benjamin me back Harris so far. Benjamin Harris, twenty third president. So you're into real estate, obviously. Yeah, I'm a real estate agent. I'm, I'm one of those dirty, horrible real estate. But the Livingston group. The Livingston group. You know, the most fun. I've had in real estate so far was throwing that party at Dave Erickson's 3045 East First Street where we had local art come and hung through the whole show. I, I had 700 people come through the house in five days, and I sold it for $201,000 above my asking price. All nice. Cash. You had a little bit more, huh? Oh, it was awesome. I had three people all cash just bidding against each other. $20,000. Did you ring like the, 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 like the, 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 but you I know it must be. Oh, Wikipedia's? <laughs> I need another beer for that. <laughs> I know they've always claimed him. And I always kind of was just like, whatever. I didn't join this to become the president of the United States. That shit. What? Uh, come on, T-Bone. Yeah, you got to set your standards high. I, I know. As was expla- explained yeah. to you I know for what hard time. work and dedication yeah. can do. The elite athlete, elite frat boy. <laughs> the Delta Chi <laughs> fraternity exactly. was founded in 1890. And Benjamin Harrison was elected president in 18 what? 1889. Yeah, so he must have been like an an honorary <laughs> alumni initiate, like he's a founder, uh, obviously. It doesn't no, matter. That's not that's him. Is you and oh, Scratch. Yeah, he was in office from 1889 to 1893. No, no thanks. You know about the you know ladder. That's right. <laughs> Can't drink and too many beers. Next, if we have another, if I have another studio, it'll be uh, accessible. I'm not like this guy. You want us to be drunk? Is that what it is? <laughs> I won't get there. Not when I'm training. 
Dude, this was this was uh, this was. A, I, I appreciate you guys asked me back. You know, thank you for letting me yeah, come back for a show. Um, and that was, I mean, the first two and a half years or whatever it was was a was a fucking blast. I mean, debauchery. It was. It was a blast. Uh, as soon as the the radio show was over for me, the whole race team changed their schedule back to Tuesday nights and we start meeting Tuesday nights. Uh, or on Wednesday nights. Um, but. Yeah, uh, Delta or the uh, the Long Beach Racers did. We won a, since we were on the show. Since I was last on the show, we won a Baja 500. We won the Baja 1000 last year for in a stock uh, uh, stock full TRD Pro, brand new TRD Pro. Um, came in first in class and an hour and a half ahead of the second place car in our class. So I mean, like we really kicked some ass. That truck is going around to all the different motocross events and everything. It's all torn up. It looks like a Raptor Toro hole down the side of it and shit. It's, it was really awesome. And then the coolest part of the story, Toyota wouldn't let us tell it because it was illegal, is that we took, somebody had a manufacturer's license plate because I was with a bunch of Toyota employees. And so we strapped a manufacturer's license plate on the back of this TRD Pro Tundra and it finished the Bob 1000 the next morning. We started it and we drove it all the way back to Torrance on the road without doing any repairs to it after finishing the bottle. It was truly impressive. We drove, we got through the border and everything. They're like, what happened here? We're like, oh, this is the racetrack. The border guard's like, cool. We could have like pounds of coke. That shit's awesome. You know? Right through, drove it all the way back to Toyota headquarters. Here's the missed opportunities, huh? Yeah. But, uh, you know, we're, we're Long Beach Racers are kind of in hiatus now because you know Toyota they're decided moving, right? that they're packing up and they're moving to Plano, Texas. And uh, Ted Frito Moncure, Lay, uh, Ted Moncure, who is uh, Tom uh, Tom O'Keefe, is a friend of his dad's. Yeah. Um, quit Toyota and went to work for Four Wheel Parts, which is who my wife works for. They actually have desks right next to each other. They're right off the and freeway, now, there, right? Yeah. Now yeah. he's their chief engineer, so he's all their in-house brands. He's doing that stuff now. And, but we've had an amazing run. Let me trace we've had an amazing run. Cool. Well, speaking of amazing runs, we've had an amazing run, and, and, and that's going to that's gonna do it for us, man. And that's, that that's can't gonna... be the way it ends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's never. This is just temporary. Yeah. And, uh, you me. know, we, uh, we want to thank those of you uh, that have supported us over the years and, and those of you tuning in every week and, and listen to us talk shit and rant and just, you know, listen, we're just three dudes. <laughs> Thanks to Mr. Lewis for listening to us every week. Yeah, you talked about something like your, your grandma. Like, those are the strange the strange moments. It's yeah. when you run across somebody and go, I heard your show. I'm like, you listen to my show? Or then your parent says, I heard your show the other night. The first thing you use, you go, what did I say? What did I say? What did I say? Uh-huh. What did I say? <laughs> I better listen to that rerun. Yeah. I better know what I'm it's in for. It's too late now. Exactly. <laughs> none Peter. Of my, none of my parents. <laughs> none of my family and none of my in-laws unfortunately the ones you really want to hear us I would have liked it you did lay a lot of in-law hate down no, sure. I would have liked for one of them to go I heard <laughs> what you said <laughs> but nope the funny thing maybe is, that's why they don't talk to you the funny thing is they didn't talk to me before oh. so like I was hoping there was a, like going to be a moment the, right? here's the problem here's the funny yeah. thing is the funny thing is it's archived right so one now one you're one. not expecting it so what'll happen is like three years from now you'll come to some family event and they'll be lit. They'll be what you said you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I would welcome that. That'd be a, a pleasant deviation from the way those uh, events normally go. So all right. 
Any last words of wisdom? Don't eat the yellow snow. Wear a condom. Dream as if you'll live forever. Live as if you'll die today. Good night, all. Thank you so much. The views and opinions expressed by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Talk Story Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. 